as I explained in the last episode, the movies that I have chosen for this month are all based on Stephen King novels um, or novellas or short stories. I mean, novellas technically short story, but yeah. So um, the last movie we did was Needful Things, which we all seem to enjoy pretty much and had some interesting takes on. This movie, however, a little bit different. So again, I didn't choose the greatest Stephen King adaptations or the most well-known Stephen King adaptations or even you know the ones that I like the most. <laughs> I chose the ones that I remember the most from my early days. And uh, this is one of them and not necessarily the plot or even the characters really, but just a bunch of visuals from this movie really stuck out for me um, from the first time that I saw it. And uh, so I wanted to revisit it and we did. And now we're going to jump right into the discussion, I guess. So um, the movie we're doing is Dreamcatcher, starring a bunch of people. Thomas Jane, Timothy Oliphant, and um, Morgan Freeman are probably the three most recognizable to normal people. And then you've got like Jason Lee and uh, uh, who else is it? Is it his, I can't remember the name of the, the, the bearded dude. Who turns British halfway through the movie? He's British in real life. Anyway, yeah, he's from Billions. That's not what I know him from, but yeah, he's from a lot of stuff. I've seen him in lots of things. I'm pretty sure he played like a British soldier in some like melodrama or something at some Was point. Was he in CSI? Like, no, I think you're thinking of Horatio. Horatio. Horatio Kane. Um, but let's uh move right into um, first viewings, I suppose. I'll start with you, Kalen. When's the first time that you saw Dreamcatcher? The movie. I'm having technical difficulties. Seems like you both are. Uh, what are you having technical difficulties on? And Jason? I'm hearing sound out of my phone and it's driving me to drink. Oh. I mean, we did. We didn't really do our test. We just kind of went right from like stream to stream. <laughs> That's true. Um, I assume it's fine. I don't. Brian, can you tell me if on the stream you can hear like an echo? Brian just entered. Um, I think it's fine though. You're talking about Instagram, or are you talking about the? It's, uh, it, my Twitch? so my headphones are plugged in and they're on, right? And oh, that perfect. usually perfect. I'm back. Cool. That usually mitigates the sound, but I'm still getting a little bit of sound out of my phone. Wait, do so you know this... which stream it's coming from is what I'm asking you? Oh. Instagram? Inst it would be Instagram. Okay, so I'm not hearing any echo th from Instagram because I have Instagram in my ear right now so okay, that I can cool. hear both, yeah. So I wonder... Okay, cool. Brian, can you go over to our Twitch and check <laughs> our Twitch stream and see if there's an echo there? Thanks. You're our, you're our de facto producer. We're going to start paying our, our viewers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess you've become our moderator. Yeah, either uh, de facto producer moderator for tonight. I Thank also, you. Love seeing I'll, your name pop up. Me as well. I, I also have the Twitch up as well, so I can just look at that. Um, and I don't hear any echo. Okay. It's just, it's just in my room. So as long as my microphone isn't picking it up, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. We have two viewers over. Jason just like, he's just in a larger room this week and he's hearing an echo. 
I'm in the same room. Going here. No, <laughs> I'm just I've got a space alien in my brain and I'm hearing a voice and it's talking to me. Better be careful, it's gonna explode out of your butt. Yeah. All right. For those of you that don't know, and Brian is asking, if you want to check us out on Twitch, you can go to twitch.tv slash <laughs> hey, did you see this one? Twitch.tv slash hey. Is there a comma or a question mark in it? Nope, all one word, all <laughs> lowercase. Doesn't lowercase doesn't matter in URLs, but uh, there you go. Okay. So, okay. So we're back, now that we're back minutes. and we've decided back to uh, be good at our jobs, <laughs> Kalen, uh, how about you go first and tell us the first time that you saw the movie Dreamcatcher? Uh, the first time I saw this movie was two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, you mean when we were originally going to talk about it and then had to push it? Okay. That's two for um, two you haven't seen then. Yeah. The, um, the, so I think I messaged you uh, when I, I said something along the lines of uh, that's not what I was expecting from the movie or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll get into more detail as we get in. But yeah, I saw this movie for the first time. Uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, and then did a second viewing to kind of like nitpick and make objects. Like the first, I like doing one fresh viewing where it's I'm not trying to like make notes of anything. I'm just enjoying the ride, and yeah. then I go back and reassess and whatever. And then sometimes I do a third viewing the day of just to freshen it up again in my mind. Uh, I get impressed with how well you guys seem to be able to talk about the movies that we do um and from what i can tell only watch it once (laughs) yeah well i mean if i can understand why you do that and like i'll do that for some movies but not all of them um yeah and you know like if you take note if you take notes during your first (laughs) viewing you should be okay to talk about it but like you will miss a couple things here and there especially if you're taking pretty extensive notes yeah um that's what i tried viewing oh sorry go ahead I just say that's why why what I try to do now is I try to take only notes about my thoughts and I don't so much I used to like write like everything like every scene and now I just try to take notes about my thoughts because if I take notes of every scene I just fucking get lost in the scene and I lose what's going on so now I would prefer to be able to do this without taking any notes. And that's the way that I view the movie. Unfortunately, a lot of times I'll watch, like today I watched the movie like right before the podcast. So it's fresh in my head. But sometimes I watch it a couple of days before. And by the time we get to the podcast, it's like a faded distant memory, right? So. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, yeah. I think either way is fine. If you got to watch it three times to be able to have a good discussion or if you just need to watch it once right beforehand. Um, technically for what I usually do is I'll watch it within the week that we're going to talk about it. And I'll, instead of taking extensive notes, I'll just write down like jot notes of like, we should talk about this or we should talk about that rather than being like, this is how I feel about this scene and why, (laughs) like, just, just like uh, little jot notes here and there being like, like, for example, Morgan Freeman's eyebrows are out of this world. I was going to call that out. (laughs) Almost literally. (laughs) What? They, they got to be fake, right? Like, they're, like, not precise. I like, would hope... I mean, maybe he just has really long ones that he combs normally, like, to the sides. And he like, just added like some, like, out. gel. Or they're like, hold like, on. Yeah, hold on, Morgan. Think, do you know that your eyebrows can do this? We're doing this for the movie. I think it's an eyebrow weave. 
I think that's what it was. Is that is that racist? No. Why is oh. why would that be racist? I don't know. Why does it have to be a weave? Because a weave is just when you when you tie hair into your hair. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do, to do with it. race. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> it's just a type of hair hair uh like like you, hair you, extension. you basically like tie them together. Yeah. I, this is supposed to be a lot more fun and fancy free than it it came out as. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, you just call you just accused me of being racist. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to get educated on what a weave is. Um, all right, Jason or Kaylin, do you have any more first impressions or the so I just I saw the movie for the first time the other week. And I don't think I've read any of Stephen King's books. I feel like this one might be one that I like better as the book than the movie this one's very long it's like 700 pages i think interesting yeah the when like when the when when the alien shows up at the bathroom i i almost like out loud like said oh aliens like that guy i think he's greek the guy with the hair from the history channel where everything's alien to him yeah when he goes like this yeah (laughs) Um, he like slowly looks more and more like a vegas magician as the seasons go on his hair hair gets crazier his clothes get fancier and he gets more tan he dresses like one in real life and if yeah i've seen have you seen those comparison photos of him progressing over time because that's real (laughs) yeah that's funny and then there's the guy who wrote uh fires of the gods he's like in that show a lot too and like (laughs) <laughs> the first season he has like white hair because he's an old man and then the second season he has jet black hair it's like uh you know creed in the office when he dyes his hair black <laughs> what's that fellow young people <laughs> yeah. like drinking we red bull. we're gonna get a why don't these things have red bull <laughs> oh maybe red bull will sponsor us um that way we'll be energized for our viewers yeah room. so uh yeah you you were one of those guys that was like oh god it's aliens isn't it well so you had no no idea that it was aliens then like going in uh no like yeah no and so actually this brings me to and maybe i'll save it for later but we were we were talking we were in the group chat about about um movie trailers and so this movie as well as the last movie uh needful things like knew nothing about them never seen a trailer or anything and i actually kind of liked going into these movies fresh um that much more it did kind of feel like a cop-out though sort of like i kind of like i don't know for some reason i kind of felt it was more supernatural than just aliens okay uh i mean i I can understand that perspective if if you're expecting witches or ghosts or because there is a lot of um like indigenous uh tropey sort of iconography at the beginning of the movie that you're like oh is this going to be another one of stephen king's ventures into (laughs) appropriation (laughs) if you will he likes to use the symbolism and uh the visual expression and like lore of uh indigenous north americans a lot in a lot of his work but like even off the top of your head you could you could probably think of like three or four (laughs) being like oh yeah the shining there was a few references yeah (laughs) it reminded me of oh never mind so we're not about references say that later pet cemetery pet cemetery too (laughs) yeah 
this pet cemetery was <laughs> buried on an ancient native pet cemetery. <laughs> I think Cujo. I, I think Cujo had some 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 stuff uh, too. Uh, um, ancestry? Is that what you're saying? No, like like if I thought that had to do with like an Indian burial ground as well. You know, I, I've never oh. actually seen Cujo, and I ha- I I bought like an eight pack of <laughs> Stephen King movies yesterday, and Cujo's in those in there, so I might have it- to. I'll spoil a little bit for you. It's like 40 minutes of a girl and her son in a car and the car is getting attacked by Cujo. It's a really fucking weird movie. I mean, I just watched Thinner and that was fucking (laughs) weird as hell too. So, (laughs) Also very gross at the beginning. It's just like lots of really gross visual stuff. Anyway, uh, Kaylin, any other things you'd like to add or are we good? No, we're good. All right, Jason, let's move on to you. What was I, your first experience with Dreamcatcher? I don't believe I. Uh, this movie wasn't really on my radar recently, but watching it, I remember the movie now. And I remember really? when it came out, um, it being one of those situations where it was like the new Stephen King. And this is, we're in like a pre M. Night Shyamalan world at this point. It's 2003. The book was written in 2001. It, it was pretty quick, right? Like, is that normal? That seems kind of quick. For our a last while, book, our last for a book, while there. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say our last movie was the same thing. It was written in like '91, and the movie came out in '93. Sometimes yeah. I think Stephen King writes move like writes books that he's like, "This is gonna this will be this it. is gonna be a TV show, or it's gonna be a, a thing." And sometimes he writes books that are like legends. Give me the money. But yeah, he's I also like a he's a proven. Hasn't he's a proven entity in terms of writing so like anytime a new stephen king book is announced he's already being he's already yeah. being approached by like movie production companies being like can we buy the rights to this book before the book is even out it's kind of like how in comic books now um <clears throat> a comic book run will come out and you can almost guarantee that like the move the big movie event will take place with elements from that comic run where in the old days they wrote comic books thinking this will never get turned into anything this will just be a comic book mm-hmm. and <clears throat> you see little bits of oh, in superhero movies but now like for instance the whole wanda shit from multiverse of madness and her tv show is basically the host of m story which is an early mid-2000s uh uh story about wanda that kind of made her into more of a th- multi-dimensional character where before she was like i do red magic um, and I think Stephen King kind of had the same thing where he probably wrote books all through the 80s and then it was a proven success as a TV miniseries and then he started just churning out the hits uh, in movie form. But as far as this movie goes... <clears throat> I mean, uh, Stephen King movies have been made since the 70s. Like They've continuously been made up until... Like right, sorry. recently, I, yeah. I was probably a decade off. You you get my you get you get what I my no, I know. But what I'm saying is that he's still like there's t- a million TV shows that came out during COVID yeah. that were like all based on Stephen King stuff. Castle it's just Rock. like he's always been making things. So anytime he writes anything, someone is approaching him, being like, "Buy yeah. buy the rights so we can potentially make this into something." And it really sucks that the results may vary on yeah the pr- yeah. the product like this. I could imagine being a pretty dope book, even though he has gone on record as saying he hates it. I'll get into that when we get into the body of the episode. I read a little bit about this book, but uh, so as far as my, I remember when this movie came out, and it's pre M Night Shyamalan, and I remember the movie coming out. Everybody thinking it was going to be one of the like you said, the iconography of like Native American stuff. The name is Dreamcatcher. You think it's going to be yeah. like. These friends go to the woods. These friends go to the woods and they're going to get spooked on by a witch. 
Yeah. No, um, I remember getting spoiled on the fact that it's aliens all along. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, is this that movie? This like yeah. before M. Night Shyamalan movies, it had like a big twist. And uh, that was, I, it basically jogged my memory. What I didn't know is that this movie is fucking buck wild from the get-go. It's all <laughs> over the place. It, it is of, all over the place. It kind of plays like a combination of Stand By Me, It, and... Um, the thing the thing i was gonna say this is stephen king's the thing almost yeah yeah and except it doesn't go into the psychological stuff as much but then it's like also stephen king's take on a superhero movie because they kind of all have like sort of individual little powers but it's more revealed that it's all kind of one one group collective unconscious situation but like five mind it was a neat it was a neat story but i can i could feel i could, it was palpable watching the movie when they were skipping over stuff to get to the next p- big plot point cuz to jam jam such a broad story into 2 hours it also had like felt like the mist a little bit too yeah you know except the mist it had the opposite ending to the mist where the shit just keeps going in the mist where this <laughs> they end it they end it before Spoiler the alert. spoilers um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie, honestly, but it, it's not a great movie. And the dialogue in this movie is fucking hilarious. And if the dialogue is as bad in the movie as it is in the book, as it is in the movie, then I take back everything. I might have to actually read this book or, or part of it to see how they compare. Yeah. I've not read the book, but I'm, I'm, I assume like a lot of Stephen King stuff that's adapted has like some real chunky dialogue where you're like, nobody talks like this, but like, yeah. yeah. At the same time, you're watching a movie about like butt aliens and stuff, so it's like I'm okay with them <laughs> saying weird but stuff. But everybody in this movie talks like this to each other, and then when they're having like at the beginning when they're like sitting around the table, it feels so like they got it in one shot. It feels so like these are all these all of these actors would go on to be pretty decent actors, right? Like, yeah, they're basically they're four TV actors and Thomas Jane and. I guess Timothy okay, what's that guy's name? I thought his name was Josh Jamal or whatever, but he's that other guy. No, Timothy Oliphant and Josh Jamal look the same, and I get uh, Thomas Jane mixed up with them. And me and Madison, my wife, have jokes about how those three, well, Timothy Oliphant and Thomas and uh, Josh Jamal kind of look the same. Um, yeah. But I would, I would lump, uh, I would lump Thomas Jane in with those three, those two, and then Jason. He, he was Lee. a good Raiden. He was a good Raiden. Oh, Jason Lee. Uh, Jason was Lee favorite. was great in this movie. He was the he was the wisecracking Stephen King character that he has in every movie. Um, and the, the foul mouth stoner. Yeah, basically, he's like uh, Bill Hader's character in in the It remake too. Like, yeah, I wear glasses. And that's like seventy like percent yeah. of my. <laughs> yeah, my personality <laughs> is glasses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, but I did enjoy his performance. But it was funny because right at the beginning, um, when he's like in the city still, and he's like on the phone, he he's in like a in a in a phone, uh, booth? phone booth, and he looks exactly like Ryan Reynolds. It's fucking. It was really, you know, Deadpool. Jason Lee with the glasses on. He looked his like he he looked a lot like uh, okay, like Ryan okay. Reynolds. I thought, and I thought bit. that was interesting. And I, what I realized is all white dudes look the same to me. I think. Yep. At the end of the day, that's look right. Look at you guys. You both have glasses. I mean, me people have thought me and Kaylin were brothers before. So that's just because we both have beards and long hair. Yeah, it's true, and we have but like dark hair and olive complexion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Over a couple of crazy guys. Oh, crazy girl. Crazy guys. All right. Crazy girl. Crazy. Quick question. Quick question. Is there more to that shirt that I can't see, Steven? The drips go down lower, way lower. Do they go all the way? Do they go all the way? Yeah. <laughs> to your alien ass yeah. monster. Do, do the do the drips match, match the drapes? Uh, <laughs> do the drapes match the drapes? <laughs> so, yes. Um, very good. I guess so. You both hadn't seen it, but Jason, you were at least aware of it. <laughs> when you uh first heard of it or did you say you saw it when you were a kid no i didn't see it It, i would have been like 18 when it came out i didn't see it but i remember it being a big deal because it had a big twist it was a it was an alien movie it was a movie that was revealed to be aliens like yeah that's what it was yeah the second act and they promoted it like it was the new stephen king movie it's gonna be gory it's gonna be spooky there's gonna be references to castle rock and Derry. There's gonna be other things that Stephen King likes to do, and then it. Was... I don't remember that being in the advertising, but <laughs> I was I was very affected by the advertising when I was a kid, which is why I saw it in theaters. Oh, and, yeah, you saw this in theaters. Oh, what I a saw this way. in theaters. This is when I first started getting into horror movies in a big way. Um, up until you know, I was in middle school, I was terrified of everything, and then I saw when I was in the seventh grade, I saw The Exorcist. When I was in the eighth grade, I saw The Shining. And then I realized they can scare me for real. And then I started watching them to try and desensitize myself. And all it did was make me like really, really like horror movies. So I started seeing every horror movie that would come out. When did you realize that? Uh, or no, maybe I'm saying this wrong. Was it scary because you thought it was going to happen to you kind of thing or something? Or? No, you can experience fear without thinking that you're going to be murdered. You just are scared of what you're my fear of horror movies was the fear of the unknown and then you desensitize desensitize yourself to horror i think by like seeing a bunch and knowing that like it can only really be this bad and it's really just pictures so i it was the walking dead that did it for me in a similar way where when i first started watching the walking dead i was still like terrified of horror but the show was so gripping that i needed to see what happened next and through that you get little bits and you get slowly desensitized and even going into this movie I was still kind of dreading like, oh, it's a Stephen King movie I don't know much about. There might be a thing I don't like. But then it was like, it was some pretty gross stuff. But then it was like, like the special effects were pretty good. So I was kind of marveling at how this dumb movie was able to like do some cool things. Like the CGI holds Mm -hmm. up really well, surprisingly, for a 2003 like B movie. Well, they did a good job of because uh, they use practical effects as well. So it's yeah. like you're you're getting the CGI, but it's paired with when he's being attacked by the eel thing. He's holding a rubber thing, so you're you're able to kind of like um, separate the CG from the the reality. And then you also like they're never really like. There's one shot where Jason Lee and this thing are right, like looking at each other and they're just a little bit, the eye lines are slightly off and it's the CGI because I guess they wanted the teeth and stuff. And it's just for that one moment, you're like, Ugh, but it still looks okay, but they just didn't really match it up properly. Something well, I thought looked really good though is when he, when the, the shadows cast over the guy from Billions <laughs> and he turns around and they, they reveal the, the, the main Mr. Gray mm. and the, the thing like, 
goes up his leg and like goes around his body i thought like it still looked pretty cheese but like that would be fine today i think yeah no it looks great like it looks it is it's not just passable you know there you can compare it to stuff from the same period of time where just cgi was just still finding its legs and it was horrible and i think like lawrence kasdan wrote empire strikes back in return of the jet like he he is he is in with ilm and like with the like highest tier oh, that's the director right i wrote the director of this movie is to... like very much in the pocket of like i know the best people in the in the business in right. terms of visual effects so like he i don't think that he was even ever worried about like this is gonna look bad because he could just be like well we'll just work on it till it looks better but that's weird <laughs> because i don't know if you guys have caught halo and the aliens in halo look worse than this the video game halo the tv TV show show. on paramount plus in my opinion in my (laughs) opinion the aliens in the new halo tv show look worse than the alien the single alien in this now the aliens in the wide shot when morgan freeman just like "Ah!" (laughs) killing all of them they looked awful and they did that weird there was a weird like you kind of fog everything out effect they yeah. used to do a lot in the early 2000s to show big like lord of the rings has a bit of it too where you just show these wide cgi shots but you kind of just put this weird like kind of haze over it so you can hide yeah that looked bad but the alien spaceship looked cool you know <laughs> yeah tit for tat if you will um so sorry just to get back to the first time i watched this movie <laughs> was in high school and i remember i used to every friday go to appletrailers.com and you know watch all the new trailers that were where would you do that movies on my computer okay <laughs> where would you do that the library? Would you? i don't know maybe you're sneaking to like a school computer or something oh yeah I mean, no, I would do it at home. 2003. I mean, probably I probably did more interneting on school computers. That's what I'm saying. Uh, no, I did it at home on my computer at home. And me and a couple of friends would sit down and watch all the trailers. And we saw the trailer for this movie. And I was like, we got to see this. And they're all like, it looks <laughs> too scary. And I was like, no, it looks perfectly scary. <laughs> it looks like the perfect amount of scary. <laughs> but I remember the trailer freaked me out because, again, it was Stephen King. And it's going to be a horror movie. So I'm like, this is going to be a scary movie. And they really only showed the part where they break into the bathroom and the guy's on the toilet. And they just show oh, sort of okay, like, yeah. they show like these tiny little bits of it. And I still remember watching the trailer being like, oh my God. And getting like this kind of sinking feeling being like, this is going to be the most terrifying movie we've ever fucking seen. And then we went to go see it. And it like right up until that moment, it's just farts and farts and farts. And you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> this is kind of funny and then the blood on the floor and you're like oh my god this is scary this is going to be scary they open it and then the guy falls and you see his butt and you're like oh this is disgusting but then they're like they're interlacing these humorous moments pieces of dialogue where it almost feels closer to like a scream type of horror movie than you know the shining or something you know like you're not it's not like bending your mind psychologically it's just like fart jokes and visual gags on top of scary tension that is kind of diffused by what's happening um and so like i remember leaving the movie and i didn't really realize it was aliens either until they get really into it and like you know morgan freeman starts being like i've been killing aliens by 25 years it's like this, this man's lost his mind from hunting aliens and i was like okay aliens cool cool um and it for me like halfway through the movie when it 
when all the stuff in the cabin and all the snow stuff is gone, I only really liked the moments with Mr. Gray and uh, Jonesy. Like I was very yeah. into that for some reason where I'm like, I like the fun nature of the, I like the fun nature of the memory warehouse. And I like that he, he's one actor going back and forth. Yeah. And I like that that actor looks like he's having a lot of fun doing that. And uh, I just okay. didn't really care too much about the psychological breakdown of uh, Morgan Freeman's character and uh, everything after that. It's like, it gets very actiony, right? Uh, one Morgan thing I will Freeman, say is- I think Morgan Freeman knew what movie he was in in this with his Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did as well. Like when he's like, if you're going to ask yourselves what kind of monster would kill those complaining voices down there, well, I'm that kind of monster. I'm that monster. And I'm going to kick some ass. And he yeah, just like, whoa. Link shit up. You're like, oh my God. King movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, like I will say that for as bad as this movie is after a certain point, um, your attention is still held and it's still compelling enough to want to get to the end of the journey where you're like, I am yeah. invested enough now that I'm going to watch every last second of this movie to see what happens even though you don't really know what the alien's plan is right until he gets there you're like oh that's his plan <laughs> okay well morgan freeman said he had that line about like uh they wouldn't go to a place that they wouldn't want to have as home i think he said they wouldn't want as home. yeah but you don't really know about the water plant and all that stuff until duddits shows up gotcha and i think that's probably things that would have been more fleshed out in the book would be my guess oh yeah. i told you guys about watching the three-hour cut of uh Needful things right so much better i think maybe this movie needs a three-hour cut i think it well, does too. i mean like the last movie this movie would probably also benefit from a miniseries like a six episode yeah. miniseries you know? for sure it's like the best stephen king movies are the ones that are based on his short stories and novellas because it's a condensed amount of material in a very a good point you know you can you can translate that into a screenplay relatively easily um one thing that i read about this movie is that Lawrence kazan when he was readapting the original screenplay that was written for this he wanted to take all the crazy elements of the book he's like i don't care what we do i just want to put every crazy ass thing in this book into this movie <laughs> so that's why it seems like there's so many things happening is because he took all the crazy shit it was like no yeah. we gotta have that we gotta have that we gotta have it that. did feel this like a little it didn't know its identity or something almost like it was trying to do too much sort of it, they wanted a lot of body horror in the movie um i think and it wasn't a body horror movie but i do feel like the scene with uh, the dude on the toilet it was too specific to not be directly out of the book you know like that whole bit with it's also very stephen king that weird pseudo horror that he does to have jason lee sitting and be obsessed with his little toothpicks and <clears throat> drop his toothpicks and then like that's why he leans forward and ultimately gets like pushed yeah. off like it's very the other thing was like when the the when the the high school bully is like trying to shove dog shit in dad's face is that's a very like stephen king like it's not scary but it makes you filled with the dread of like the grossness of it another another thing from needful things that i brought up last week or two weeks ago was when wilma go gets home and the sh the the shit is all over her uh her uh like wash <clears throat> Like oh, yeah. sheets. laundry or whatever yeah. and she's getting like the camera cuts were done in such a way that she was like getting like riddled by like yeah. loose shit and it felt Windy really sheets. 
felt like really unsettling in a weird like Stephen Kingy way. And and if you watch the It movie, the new It movies, they're filled with it. Filled with the weird. This isn't scary, but it's this is a that's just a naked woman or naked old woman kind of poking her head from around a corner. That's not yeah. objectively scary, but it's super unsettling. Like yeah. it's super like ooh, it'll feel good witnessing that but i also get that you know horror thrill i like those little horror thrills that you get from the from the more mundane like icky stuff and body horror body horror movies like hellraiser for instance they they have that in spades i think that's one thing that stephen king would probably agree with you on is like you can take something that's mundane and you can turn it into something of discomfort just if you describe it in the right way and i would agree as well i think it's, it's uh it's, it's easy to ch- it's easy of- to take something that is completely normal and make it unsettling if you just yeah. change it slightly. It's evoking it's letting your imagination wander, you know. And, and Stephen King's books, from from what I understand, are very much like you're you you're in that you he sucks you in in a way that makes your mind wander. He can make you afraid of of the mundane. And I think that the reason why we relate to that and it translates to the screen so well is because we live in our lives like that like you know i don't know if you guys are like i'm not like afraid of the dark but like there is a certain feeling i get when i'm walk when i turn all the lights off to go to bed at night and i'm walking from the living room upstairs and i catch a glimpse of like a dark room because you have a spare room and you just catch a glimpse and then your mind starts to wander and you know nothing's there and you know you're not like it's not fear not you're not scared it's not fear but there is a certain like it's almost like a curiosity cautious curiosity yeah, yeah and i think stephen king's able to in movie form <clears throat> really is able to um it, it it translates to film very well yeah i think there's a reason why his uh books sell so well and his movies have continued to be made until this like until this year there's there's still more <laughs> stephen king coming stuff coming out like the next year this this year this is going to be forever until he's even if he dies he's got so many books that they continue making movies out of his stuff forever um and i think lovecraft uh was the originator of that sort of his are a little bit more wild and more opium fueled and he he was a shitty person but like you know um they always have that fear of the unknown but a color out of space is one that i think of all the time especially while we're watching these movies this month and that movie was so fucking whack and it wasn't objectively scary but like the body horror in that movie is fucking crazy and also just like just like when they show aliens that you've never when you see an alien that you've never seen before in a in a sci-fi movie and it looks like too good or too realistic and it just unsettles you in that certain way mm chef's kiss chef's kiss (laughs) and this did that for me because even though it was basically we were watching frost tremors for the first half of the movie (laughs) um (laughs) especially that one scene where the dude just like timothy oliphant just drunk ranting to the dead woman uh and we just see the like thing circles back oh the uh yeah 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 i was like oh this is just frost tremors which is another movie that I thought of. Uh, I, a lot. There was a lot of. This is almost a pastiche of like good of a bunch of different good genres of horror. <clears throat> to create a pretty mediocre movie as a whole, but like, I would probably watch this again. I'd like to watch this live with you guys. You know, like you in a room. 
put this on and just like make fun of it but in, did like, it bite a, its penis off yeah it's it's a good like reactionary movie because so many crazy things happen like and it's like the kind of movie you can yell at the screen for like i i wanted to call the the their gang like the four of them like the the butterfinger boys because they always drop shit at the worst possible yeah. time the also, when they did the matches and that i thought there was it was for some reason i was connecting it to the toothpicks and thought it was trying to tell me something but then like like nothing like no one else no there's not really any other than that they both dropped something at like the exact worst moment for them to do it uh there's not really any kind of it was more so that thomas jane's character henry like fucking sucks under pressure and he he, happens at the end of the movie too where he's like he's he has a gun in the fucking eel's mouth and his finger just won't go into the trigger (laughs) like that that like he's just he was battling like six tiny alien worms and he couldn't i took that that more as that like he's never used a gun before because when he even when he's trying but what about at his office that's exactly what i'm about to say (laughs) (laughs) remember when he's trying to uncock the gun and accidentally shoots the wall yeah he's never used a fucking gun before he doesn't where's his office how come no one said anything about that we don't know it's in his house yeah okay that could be I'll put the movie. There you go. Yeah, I can that's, suspend, the, that's the answer. I can suspend it's my disbelief for a lot. Of, like I can bring up a lot of things for movies and and pick over them, but I can suspend my disbelief for the fact that he, in the United States, accidentally unloaded a gun in his own home. Because I'm sure it happens constantly. Okay. Yeah, you you walk through a, a, a neighborhood in I don't know Texas, and there's just like every five seconds someone's accidentally shooting a gun, and nobody says anything about it. I have a weird I, thing that I want to bring up before I forget. Um, I, I have love weird, weird things. Didits. Um, Didits. Didits. His love for Scooby Doo uh, kind of made me think that this was a weird, like the four kids were the, you know, Scooby Doo crew and he, ah. he was Scooby Doo because even his speech impediment was similar to the way that Scooby talks. Yeah. And he might say. he might have himself always perceived the group as that, and that's why he loved but I guess he had the lunchbox before. So so was the that it was an alien or whatever, right? Or a human taken over by an alien. Um oh now that I'm saying this out loud. So was it an, uh, a human taken over by an alien? Yeah, it was the same deal as. Uh, as and Jonesy. so, does the alien was maybe the alien was not? I don't know. I think that kid had that kid had learning develop. He must have developmental issues from the get go because his parents, his parents didn't like be like. He was why couldn't the boy. alien? Why couldn't the alien uh, make him not like that? Or does or is the alien constructed? constricted or whatever by what the the physical limitations of the this body is all shit. i was literally sitting there thinking like why there was a lot of whys for that element also, of it. why why it why the like, english accent where did he get that from yeah why was it so foppish he, he chose it, it because like it's Bane? the most evil he went through his archive of memories oh, and he was like this nice. is the evilest accent i'll choose this one i like it it could also just be that like literally when he takes over jones uh it could be that that's literally what jones is thinking he sounds like it's like oh that's he's an evil out. bad guy he sounds like an evil british empire strikes back villain in my head and that's come, what comes up how come jonesy is still has a limp in his uh imaginarium 
because that's um, that's his end. That's him. And also, they keep talking about how something happened to him when he like died, like uh, briefly when he got hit by right. the car. So, in his subconscious, his yeah. version of himself is probably changed by that the event in his life. Gotcha. The fucking the 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 Imaginarium bit kind of can, was the most confusing to me. Or memory, I forget what it was. The memory. It's just warehouse. a fun way of conveying an idea, which is visualizing. Like, like we could have him there. pulling an Evil Dead, where he's just punching himself in the face in the cabin for forty-five minutes, or we have like a fun chase through a warehouse that isn't well, the real. Reason, like, the reason why I, the reason why it affected me so much, is because the way I interpreted it is that the mind warehouse was almost a superpower. To the effect that mm-hmm. he could he could go and recall any memory he's ever had as long as he's seen it, and they kind of hinted that that was going to be a thing at the beginning where he's watching himself watch the group sit at the table, mm-hmm. but it was more of a foreshadow for like how he would be trapped in that mind prison versus how that mind or that mind warehouse versus how that mind warehouse would um, be a, a power if that makes sense. I just thought I think that's another it's thing both. that might might be conveyed better in the books. Uh, it seems much more literary to have a mind like to, yeah, to it's, a, it's something that doesn't necessarily a mind. It's not something uh, that necessarily warehouse. translates well visually, but I think again, like I said, it's a fun thing, right? Like it's yeah. it's part of the fun of the movie. Um, I liked it. I liked, I liked it, too. it too. I thought it was cool. I yeah. was um, thing. Like I think, like. There's not really a way to say like this is the mechanics of why it works this way because it, it doesn't work and it's not a thing that is going to ever work properly. But this for what they had to accomplish in terms of like having somebody watch the outside world from within their own mind, other than it having be through the eyes of Mr. Gray the whole time, it's more interesting to have him be able to react to things like that. Right, so setting it up early in the movie as a more as a more fun thing that the, the other friends are aware of that that's how he sort of processes. Yeah, and I mean, you can even memories. break break that's... it down to like some people have extremely visual imaginations, yeah. and they're able to imagine. Like I can imagine us all in our own individual spaces right now, looking at each other from different angles. Like I can imagine what Kalen yeah. is looking like looking at his computer right now very visually so it doesn't i don't necessarily need to see it to know what it looks like i can approximate oh, you don't know what this. it looks like oh yeah maybe <laughs> i yeah, said approximate i didn't say exactly <laughs> it also reminds me of how i you know recently on the internet there was that sort of meme or not meme but like sort of new inform new knowledge that everybody learns at the same time that some people in their heads have a constant like like monologue which i do i my mind is always i'm talking to myself and you guys don't talk to yourself no i do that's what i'm saying but some people they have nothing going on inside their head they just they're when they're doing a task they're just people don't talk to themselves they don't have inside their some people inside their head don't have the running commentary interesting yeah and some people literally cannot visualize things they don't have a mind's eye they can't see things in their head when they try and like if i say kaylin imagine you're on a beach right now you can literally imagine a beach in front of you there are people that can't do that there's a, very good, like, episode, there's a very good episode. There's a very good episode of Jason's show where I actually make Caleb use his imagination, and and in my headcanon, that's the day he learned how to use his imagination. So go and check that out. It's at Spider yeah, Hero right. on. I think YouTube. it was season two. Was it season it's two? twenty years old? It's twenty. It's, it's almost filmed in. It's filmed in nineteen ninety nine. I don't know. It was filmed in like two thousand and eight, but yeah, it's almost twenty years old. <laughs> um. 
fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the, I have that. Well, I, I wrote down memory warehouse is fun. So we've we've uh, we've discussed the memory warehouse. I just broke my pencil. Side note: I'm I'm realizing that if I were to log into the Zoom call with another screen, uh, like we were, or, or or just share my screen, we could be playing like trailers and stuff because I'm pretty sure those are free use. Nice. Um, for future reference, if we want to have a segment where we're like, let's watch the trailer for the show, we're allowed to put we're allowed to play trailers on Twitch. Can okay. I complain about top billing again? You can do whatever you want, man. It's our show. It's hey, did you see this one starring Jason? Are you going to complain that Morgan Freeman has top <laughs> and <billing>? friends? Da 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 da. I'm here all week. I wasn't here last week because guess what? I'm going to reveal this to the internet and all of you now. I had COVID-19. I got it. You had the 19th COVID? For some reason, I don't know. That made me think of 2019 for some reason. I don't know why. That's what the 19 and 2019 is. <laughs> what about COVID though? That's what the sorry, that's what the 19 and COVID-19 is. It means 20 because 2019 is when they discovered uh, it. I thought it was 2020. No, it's been around since November. It was discovered 2019. in 1990 in 1999. I thought that was a conspiracy <laughs> thing. No, it's not a conspiracy. Oh my Lisa, god! Oh my gosh! I gotta. We gotta move on. Move this on. Is, okay. We're not talking about this right now. We're not talking about COVID. We're not talking I'm, about. I have I'm complaining s- about top billing. Can, oh, okay. I yes. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, he's the he's, the he's the antagonist. So he's the time and I, at the time we don't Thomas Jane for like forty minutes or some shit. Yeah, I know, but think about who think about. Okay, so at the time, Tommy, I don't think Jason Lee was even on My Name Is Earl yet, which is arguably his biggest role. He was in Mallrats. That's not oh wow the the nobody worldwide about, blockbuster. Mallrats. Nobody gives a shit about Mallrats. I'll tell you the only what Mallrats biggest fan besides myself is Kevin Smith. So what about me. I'm right here. You're number three after me. And- I like, listen, I like Mallrats, but that is not a movie that like, no. like if I ask my mom who Jason Lee from Mallrats is, she's going to be like, well, what the fuck? She knows who Morgan oh, Freeman no. is. Jason Lee has. actually has a bigger role than My Name is Earl and it's Elvin and the Chipmunks. Uh, uh, yeah, I watched Sonic. It wasn't that Also, bad. okay, Kaylin, the way yeah. the top billing works is it's a negotiation. Whoever has the it's- most money gets their name first. It's a negotiation. So like they want Morgan Freeman. He will negotiate with the movie company saying, I'll do this movie for you, but I have to have top billing. Otherwise, I'm not going to be in your movie. And then but, if- like that seems like such a weird thing to want. Well, it's it's what it is, though. So they Tom, just want their Jane, name first. Thomas Jane. That's is what I'm ar- saying. Is like, arguably what is that? The what is that? Egotism or whatever? It's the system. You guys are like talking over each system. other. Sorry. So top billing in your world in your sorry not in your world that's condescending in your Kaylin's logic Kaylin's freaking world over here um in your logic would be to, it should be uh it should go like Thomas Jane Timothy Oliphant um at all but the problem is is those two guys this is like their first movie those guys were literally nobody when this movie came out but yeah. then you have Tom Sizemore uh who at the time was a megastar and and then fucking morgan freeman who rarely does these like main character situations he's always like i'm the wizard i'm the wizened old man who shows up to fix a situation oh, it was a different character for and him, he also rarely yeah. plays villains like he's not he never plays yeah. a villain. 
he's he does it from time to time but it's sure. like it's usually he's like a heel turn villain where you think he's yeah. a good guy and then turns at the last second or whatever but. or he's the narrator who is a character in the in the thing and it turns out that he was the narrator all yeah remember war of the worlds where he's not in the movie at all he's just the <laughs> voice that's like the aliens came and we all got in perfect blown up and then or and then you get to the 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 kanye west netflix special and the guy that filmed the whole thing just puts on a just puts on a uh, a voice a morgan freeman voice <laughs> i don't know if you guys watched that i assume steve you're not super into kanye west but i imagine kaylin oh. may have seen genius um i don't know did you watch genius that did you notice that the dude who filmed the thing just put on a he doesn't sound like that and then for when he's doing narration for that for that he's trying to get an effect yeah yeah because that's who people know morgan freeman as is the narrator guy or the you know wizened wizened character yes common it it is a common uh in this he was fucking hobbs he was murtaugh sorry (laughs) Hobbs. Oh, I was thinking Hobbs. I think you're thinking of Fast and Furious? He, yeah. he was Mer- thinking of Calvin and Hobbs. <laughs> no, I was thinking of Hobbs and Hobbs. Hey, thinking wait. Mer- watch the make Mer- Calvin and Hobbs movies soon. I'll they watch should. that. That would work. I'm going to watch that. Did I, ta- did I talk to you guys already about how I'm definitely going to watch the fucking uh, uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie that's coming out in a couple weeks? I saw a little ad. I'll probably check it the out. The trailer says the cameos and then it shows yeah. like all the Disney <laughs> yeah. cameos from like Saturday morning. Either, yeah. Uh, what was it called? Disney Afternoon? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in for that. It's it's. I'm the target demographic. I mean, I liked the show when I was a kid, so I'll probably watch it as well. But it's like uh, meta. It's like a... The, the, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a you know, we're aware that this is very like weird that we're making this a movie a million years after the show was a hit. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I got. I took. Yeah, it. let's go back to the movie. Look, man, uh, we didn't get to talk last week, so I'm. Uh, I know. So, uh, and then it. <laughs> so everyone's getting of... very distracted. Um, I'm gonna do a quick synopsis of the plot of the movie. Try not to interrupt me. I'm gonna make it quick. Okay. Um, so the movie is about four friends who have been friends since they were children. Uh, they have a fifth friend uh, of whom, when they were kids, they found being bullied by a bunch of jocks and Letterman jackets. Uh, they saved him, and ever since that day, they the five of them were best friends with each other. Um, they do say in the movie that they come to this cabin every year, and they've been coming there for the last 20 years. That flashback where they find out it was also 20 years earlier so i was like have they been going to the cabin since that year they're still children <laughs> but anyway is it a fuckery I'll, or a fuckeroo uh, it was a fuckery yo what right are, what's different Fuck, we'll get to I that. i'm gonna okay. do a thing after steve's done i want to talk about the dialogue in this movie thirsty he said not to interrupt my bad yeah when you interrupted me with what is the difference between fuckery and fuckeroo obviously one's bad and one's good <laughs> i was gonna say fuckeroo is the bad one they always say it when something bad's happening um anyway so they go to this cabin once a year um and uh one of them was injured in a car accident uh the year previous to that and while they're there they all have these sort of little miniature traditions uh it's revealed that they you know they kind of have this sort of unspoken bond that they don't really need to be particularly they're not catching up you know like they, they seem to be relatively um present in each other's lives whether it be a phone call or a visit or whatever 
Um, but you know, while two of them are going out for supplies, the other two go hunting. They find uh, some people that look to be in distress in the woods, uh, and they take this guy back to their uh, their cabin where he starts to d display some odd symptoms of, of an illness. He says he ate some berries, but probably not. As this is happening, the other two almost hit somebody who's sitting in the middle of the road. This woman seems to have the same symptoms, some sort of mysterious illness. It's quickly then revealed that these people are infected with some sort of alien virus that causes you to shit out like an eel from your butt. Uh, and then these eels try to kill you and then they lay eggs and then the eggs turn into more of them. It's a little bit unclear to me as to whether or not those are like the infants of the aliens or like weird monsters they use to just take over slowly. I don't know. It wasn't really that clear to me and they didn't really explain it. But uh, we're then introduced to the military and the military. It's not the actual government military or any kind of global military. They're like a, a private military that's like financed by the government to do stuff that regularly regular military can't do. Like, you know blow up an entire town and just be like oh it was a gas leak they're immediately um, evil yeah they're definitely evil and they're led by morgan freeman who is within his introductory scene shoots the fingers off of one of his like underlings basically for lying to him he doesn't even really know if he's lying either the guy's like i am pretty sure that i'm telling the truth and then he shoots his hand out he's like it's lying um and then uh we get to the point where everybody slowly starts dying off and then jonesy the guy who was hit by the car is possessed or i guess infected as well but he's infected in a different way i always read it that he was immune to the actual disease that was happening but he also had something interesting in his mind or powerful in his mind and it it caused the alien to want to explore his mind more rather than just you know infect him and kill him use him as like a harvester or whatever he just uh decides that he's going to go in there and, and and bump around in his brain and use his body for uh, what he can. And that was an interesting point to me because, you know, the alien that has done it's also picked somebody who's imperfect. So there's gotta be some other reason he chose him, right? Whereas uh, Mr. Gray is choosing Jonesy, not because he's physically adept, he's like barely able to walk and like he is weak but he still chooses him because he has a reason to choose him. So I always assume that like Duddits has something else that he, had that was special to this alien that uh, could allow him to operate inside of him for so long without it being suspect or there's just something there that was unique or special i think that was kind of the point of that character they uh it comes down to the last two guys um morgan freeman's right hand man he ends up kind of heel turning for the good of humanity and sanity and uh, they end up at a water treatment plant at the end where at the end where uh, Morgan Freeman gets killed. And then it's Mr. Gray versus Thomas Jane. And they all fight in like the most like piecemeal boring fight ever. But it's like also very appropriate. <laughs> you know, it's like a guy who can't walk versus a person who has like a mental disability and a guy who can't use a gun all around an open manhole cover. <laughs> and that's the fight. And like everybody's fumbling around. And then finally these two aliens explode out of the two bodies and just flop at each other for a bit. <laughs> and, uh, and then the earth is saved. And, that's and it, the end it of does the alien. thing I love in movies where they do the last thing and then credits and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't go like, Oh, we have to tag on 10 minutes so we can go back and see what happened to everybody. No, nope, it kind of felt to me. It's that I love it. <clears throat> I love yeah. it. You need to end movies like that more, especially if you're going to do that intro where you're like, oh, it's the 90s, 80s and 90s style, like full credits at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. 
the movie has a two hour and 13 minute like... runtime if you if you watch it from the beginning to the end of the uh the file that i watched uh, <laughs> but really i figured out that the movie is about two hours and five minutes if you <clears throat> stop it right at the end of the movie and start it right at the end of the opening credits and uh i think it was a you know tight tight two-hour movie i hate two-hour movies typically but it doesn't have it doesn't feel time. it doesn't feel like a two-hour it, no. it feels it feels an appropriate length for the amount of stuff that happens and like to, i said it, it gives you it, it gets you from point a to point b and it takes you on a little journey and you're interested in everything that's happening for the most my, part my favorite part of most movies are the final 20 minutes because that's usually like the resolution and that i was so psyched like in the best way possible when i looked at the time and i was like oh there's 20 minutes left there feels like there's there should be so much more that means they're gonna they're just gonna tie up all these loose ends they, and they do they i didn't end this movie going like well i wonder what next it's just these right. two friends are left they the four friends they yeah. won they probably go back to their weird dumb sad lives to 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 to, to your point of um thomas jane kind of fla- flopping and flailing trying to like shoot a gun it did feel very like realistic Be- even though thomas jane looks like a movie star he looks like an action star they played the character very much like how somebody would probably actually react and i kind of want to rescind what i was saying earlier about like how he looked kind of like a goof i think you've you've swayed me to be like i think the intention was to what would happen if a normal ass person was it like put it in the handed a machine gun i've never used a machine gun i wouldn't know how to use no. it properly unless it would give be... me like a five second like this is this this is this I would... when he first I would shoots know. the gun and he's just shooting all yeah over like the all over the place like yeah. that's probably what would happen to me if they didn't tell me like you gotta put it here and it's got a lot of kick so be be aware well uh, and then it jumps on the end and he shoots it while it's inside it's the best i love when that cool. happens yeah, yeah. <laughs> um to go back to the dialogue a little bit uh the dialogue in this movie um <laughs> is all over the place it is Sometimes but there's, there's some like really good moments in dialogue the thing that i wanted to bring up mostly was before it gets into like the the what i call the the home alone of it when the aliens start doing this alien like when quarantine starts that's yeah. in my opinion that's like when the home alone of it starts um and uh when they're sitting around like being pals i talked about this a little bit earlier i felt it to be really forced and maybe they didn't spend they spent more time on the later parts of the movies than they did of like trying to establish these guys as friends because i think i think they're more established as friends in the flashbacks yeah um throughout this movie there's a bunch of flashbacks to when they were kids and it literally feels like stand by me and it like a literally like a perfect combination of the they're walking down train tracks that scene on the train yeah exactly to go yeah. see a thing they're all they're all getting together to go see a thing but they're in dairy and they have a little friend who's literally wearing like a yellow raincoat and you know what i mean like it in it's fucking it's so weird how they were able even the four the four kids felt like the kids from it what what did, he's not wearing a raincoat what are you talking about uh, Dis- Dick, 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 His name's Douglas. Everyone, his name <laughs> is know. Douglas. Douglas, well, I know. Douglas, yeah, but he's Douglas. Uh, Doug, Doug, um... Also, shout out to uh, was this before 
this was before six cents or after six cents this is after six cents right yes it kind of felt like uh donnie was like reprising his role a little bit donnie Wahlberg. yeah i don't remember his care oh wasn't he like the killer or whatever yeah he was like uh like mentally unstable guy in six cents and he was like very frail hey, was donnie Wahlberg's uh future duddits yes yeah I was uh, the whole time. I was like, "Where's Donnie?" I looked at the IMDb while I was watching the movie, and I noticed he was in it. And I'm like, "Where the fuck is he in this movie?" <laughs> um, I don't know if he's reprising his role, but he plays. Uh, they definitely chose him for role. a reason. Um, what were you saying again? Uh, he has a he has a in a, like a scene. He has like a red. Oh, yellow jacket. Sure. Yellow he's got, no, I think it's a shirt. Coat. I think it's a. I think it's a shirt. Oh, I just anyway. I just remember his red shirt and his overalls when he's getting beaten up. He has a yellow lunchbox. Is it red and yellow. It's after that. Uh, after anyway, that? yeah, no, I mean, it, there's probably tons of little like callbacks to things and like let's make this feel like a Stephen King visually just by doing this, this, or this. Um, to the point and, though that when they were when they said it was dairy, I was like, oh, is the gimmick of this movie that it's like a side story or a prequel or a sequel? Or like these kids were dealing at the same time with a with a with a clown, or they also ran into Pennywise. Or like I kept being like, "What is this thing?" And it was an alien as well, wasn't it? Pennywise. I think that if there's any connection, it would be that the alien was drawn to Derry because there's already an alien there, which is yeah. Pennywise. And Pennywise is an alien, right? Yeah. Yeah, he came to Earth on an asteroid. Um, Ooh. I, I think that but he shows you his he 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 manifests as a clown because most oh, people you are want afraid him to of clowns. Uh, but he he when he does spooks to you, he manifests your fears at you. Basically. What you're scared of, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I think that like so Stephen King, he does obviously connect things and use the same locations in order to be like it's a grander scheme. But I don't think it was it's meant to be like these kids kids have run into Pennywise. If anything, they're just having their separate weird adventure in between those 32 years well, or whatever where that's what Pennywise i was, is gone that's what i was thinking like it, it doesn't it, they're not connected it just happens that in castle in maine crazy things happen yeah. that's that's all it is in, in that universe it's kind of like, like in when the, MCU. the devil came to town last week in yeah. evil things <laughs> in, in the mcu you just have to, as a civilian you just have to deal with the fact that it's going to be fine you're going to go to work but your fucking car, you might walk out of work and your car might have been smashed up because Captain America was battling a fucking uh, Winter Soldier in the streets. Or Thanos has come and taken out the Lower East Side again because he was looking for some crystal that it was in a museum. And if you're lucky, you'll get a second of screen time. Yeah. Um, I will say that the child, the child scenes in this movie were pretty painful. I don't know; they were the, really. The act- I thought they were some of the better child yeah, acting. Oh, the acting was rough. Oh, it's for so me. good! He's gonna go home so fast and tell his mom. It's that so was a dumb little plot line. I don't like, but that's not. Like, that has go, nothing to do with the acting. Tell my mom. The What's happening in the delivery. scene is fine. They're standing up for the kid, and they're like, "This is wrong. You're being shitty, and we're gonna tell everybody about it." But like, each one of those kids felt like so over rehearsed like their parents were on the sidelines being like say it like i told you to say it like this <laughs> like that oh yeah that's what i mean they're the delivery of it yeah the delivery is 
it wasn't great for me. It wasn't great. I anyway, couldn't maybe... stop thinking of uh, Step Brothers during that scene. The poo, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got a belly, <laughs> I got a belly full of white dog crap that I come home with. This that movie shit. did did uh, it, it it desensitized me to that scene because if I seen this first, it would be different. But having seen that movie first and then seeing this, I laughed like it's pretty that's what i was talking about earlier with that stephen king like brand of like unsettling horror versus like straight up scares right it is it did unsettle me but i immediately thought of will will ferrell getting shit shoved in his face also, uh, like, i'm gonna go ahead and say i didn't immediately think of that at all so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's nice also nice i feel I like think of that I feel like Stephen King used a special needs kid as as that same um, kind of fear bit. Like it's always kind of unsettling when they when horror movies involve um, somebody who's development developmentally disabled. I feel like and it's played that way for kind of like a sympathy thing because you don't want to see anything bad happen to somebody with special needs, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> and i, I feel like that's movie, a though, it was it was different in this movie because it was it's, more, it's to... more of a sci-fi thing and it was more of a like it links them the dream the titular dream catcher is is kind of downplayed but it's the scene where they're like dream ca- dream catcher formation <laughs> and they all touch each other and then they get superpowers well no <laughs> dunnitz dunnitz <laughs> is the dream catcher they formation d- of dream catcher he was the, from the bad guy? he's the one that gave them the powers to, to deal with all this stuff he's the he is the dream catcher he's the one that allowed them to uh like to evolve beyond what their fears are they don't have any fears because of dunnitz and like the first i think the whole thing is like the first time that they ever really truly feel, feel fear that aren't like stupid human fears which is what's being presented to us at the beginning of the movie uh. which is like um P- pete is like all he wants to do is go on a date and that's his fear is that like people think he's weird which they do because he's like i'm gonna remember that you bought a mars bar somehow when i wasn't here like that is weird <laughs> so he's no that he like, was doing his little uh, she thing. doesn't know that she it's thinks she, that she was being watched by they, this man yeah they the played that scene lot. so innocently like it was from his point of view but when she drives away she fucking puts her did foot she show the, up at the date later no hell no she did she yeah because okay you Caitlin, didn't imagine i walked in and was like oh uh yeah you lost your keys let's go find them and then i took you on your day's journey without you ever knowing my name yep. or who i am after me guessing your name and then guessing you bought a fucking mars bar and then guessing which car was yours and then putting my hand in a puddle and being like ta-da she, you would think also... that i was watching you from a tree the whole time yeah she was also attractive enough that that's clearly like she clearly has problems with men being a little bit too clingy like that so the fact that this dude was like here's all the things and i think that was a foreshadowing moment so later it wasn't so weird when thomas jane does the same thing to owen i think his name is uh tom sizemore's character and i liked that moment because at the end of it time sizemore is just like i'm in tell me everything you know and i was like whoa like they never do that in movies it's always still the guy's still always like apprehensive but he told them just the just the right things because the, the 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 way that the psychicness works on these guys is very <clears throat> very weird. They're yeah, they can like well, I mean, see your your memory, like they can like see your thoughts, but only like they can't tell the future. They can only like see. It's like they're seeing your. It's your like mind. they're experiencing your memory as you kind of thing. Like they're yeah. 
they're reliving stuff that or just just you're like just whatever thoughts you're thinking right then even yeah because in that tracks to the woman he like he was basically listening to this guy complain, not even complain. He was just talking about how much he likes Carl's Jr. burgers and then went home and Wait. ate Eggos or whatever. <laughs> also, okay, so I Thomas, go for a burger right now. Thomas Jane's character is a therapist and he doesn't use his powers because he could therapize these people in, um, <clears throat> in a way that's not uh, ethical. And he finally has enough listening to this big fat guy <laughs> talk about how he couldn't resist Carl's Jr. again and then went home and ate a box of Eggos. And he gives him a little bit of like, he's like, here's the reason you did this. And then starts telling him this day. And the guy, it turns out later, he went and ate himself to death. But then his friend is like, no, he would have done that anyway. That's just the nature of the beast. We can't. Yeah. So what my point was, was that these are the human fears. These are the fears that we have as regular people. They still have those, but he, Duditz gave him these, these powers to be able to move beyond any kind of like physical fear because they have yeah. the ability to avoid all danger and uh they're basically a superhuman like you said which a lot of stephen king characters are everybody has weird like telepathic abilities or telekinetic abilities or the abilities to start fires telepathy. with your brain stephen king de- definitely loves telepathy and well he loves te- uh, telekinesis and and fire starting and he like he has all of this shit has been in all of his movies right and, and his books but um i think that's again like that's what Duddits is supposed to be is that he is literally the one that catches their fears for them rather than them having to experience them and he gives them a little piece of, of power to do that and obviously he had a plan for them right they all ended up having to sacrifice themselves in order to stop this alien invasion at the end of the day yeah so and we know that we know that um Duddits was waiting you know because when it's I thought it was a really weird to be like we have to go get Duddits and I was like okay that makes sense because they got the powers from them but when they get to the house, the mom is like, he's been waiting for you and has no questions and is by like, bye, go save the yeah. world now. And I was like, what? What? But I felt like she probably either knew or yeah. he had just <laughs> revealed to her everything or he had like given her like a like an understanding. Exactly. Without exactly. It mentally crushing her. He just like gave her the understanding of what's did going the little on. like did the little like swirly pointy thing to her head and then she was like oh yeah, like she basically yeah. et and then he sneezes and then it blows her brains out on yeah. the, <laughs> the dinette set yeah that actually <laughs> sounds hilarious i wanted to do a fun little um a fun little moment since we were just talking about the the opening scene um and just real quick what are your guys's favorite franchise burgers just right quick, just real quick for me, it's always going to be A and W, like a teen burger from A and W, or something from Wendy's. No, why? You can only pick one. Okay, well, it's a, the teen burger from Wendy. From no one <laughs> from A and W. It's the matzo burger from A and W, or the teen That's... burger. They're basically the same. Yeah, different cheese. It's A and W. A and W is my is my fave. Because of the onion rings and the spice they use. Steve? Um, spicy chicken burger from Wendy's. Nice. Good, good choice. Good. For, <clears throat> for burgers, hands down, Jason, I agree with you. It's always A-Dub. A-Dub is the best. Um, I used to do the teen burgers, but... Sometimes the tomato isn't the best tomato. I said real quick. Uh, also, side note, you guys just got in Halifax, but if you've never had the um, spicy 
uh, crispy chicken, like the chicken sandwich from Popeyes. That shit is the bomb. I didn't know we could choose chicken for this uh, hamburger question, um, but it's it hands down. It's Popeyes, uh, crisp, spicy. Is that why there's such a big lineup? Well, it's, there's a lineup because you guys just got it in Halifax, but here you can just walk into a Popeyes and get food immediately. It's crazy. <laughs> Who would have thought? Sorry, Steve. I wanted to do that segment. I knew you would have that reaction, but I did it anyway. A run says Shake Shack. I think that if we if we talk about your favorite burger, it should end at that and not go on to discuss what soggy tomatoes you hate or whatever. Like, it's just fucking end it there. Um, Why did Arjun have Shake Shack? Come on. That's an American thing. Arjun That's in lives California. in America. Oh. Is it good burger? <laughs> Hey, good call. Isn't it? Is it California only, or is that In and Out, or is that? I don't live in America. White Castle real, or is it made up for a movie? No, White Castle's real. You can actually uh, here. You can get the burgers, uh, the tiny sliders. They'll mail it to you. No, you buy them from the grocery store, and then you have to steam them because they're steamed hams. They're. It's true. It's true. They're steamed hams. SSD. Despite the fact that they are obviously grilled, um, they're not. They're steamed. The grill, White Castle is steamed. I know. I was just making a Simpsons reference. Oh, <laughs> steamed clams? Yeah. No, steamed ham. Yeah. Aurora Borealis. At this time of year, at this time of day, isolated in your kitchen. Yes. Yes. May I see it? No. No. <laughs> is it just me, or did you guys think Dudditz was speaking German in the ambulance? just you yeah i was like where did this special needs kid come from did i miss something did i look away and miss this this dollar 30 a burger i want a fucking dollar 30 um okay freeman's eyebrows are crazy (laughs) oh the the reason why i wanted to bring up the the dialogue earlier was because yeah that's what i wanted to keep talking about one line in the movie that (laughs) threw me through a loop where jason lee just goes got blown last night and that's when they try. That's when they started talking about a fuckery turning into a fuckeroo. And a fuckery is like a jamboree, I think, of fucking. But a fuckeroo is when you get fucked over. And that's been my uh, Team America moment of explaining swear words. Nice. Yeah, I think that one just means something good, and the other one means something bad. And every time something bad happens, they say fuckeroo. So that's the bad one. But, but both the... times they were hooking up with people. That's why I. That's why I couldn't understand it because he's like, it, he had a fuckery with a girl, and then another guy had a fuckery with a girl. I'm like, well, okay. fuckery is a bad. Turns out bad with the with the fuckery is the girl that doesn't show up. He says another fuckery yeah. and walks Turned away because he knows that she's not going to come to the clam uh, dinner. Uh, Got blown last night. I laughed. See, I, I'm laughed. dumb. I didn't even realize the SSDD. He I, and I messaged you. Uh, when I after I, like because I was watching at the same time, shortly after I asked it, he goes same shit, different day. Like I just oh, like uh, yeah. I didn't know what SSDD meant, and I I was watching that conversation happen, and I just clicked for me now, and I don't recall them ever saying that in the movie, but Steve pointed out that they do say it at some point. At least they once. say it more than once. But also, there's a point where they're walking, and then. Timothy Oliphant says, so is this SSDD or what? And then the other guy goes, no, it's definitely different shit. It's definitely yeah. different uh, shit. Yeah. See, that can be taken multiple ways, though. If you're not if you're not paying attention to the fact that they say same shit different day, 
I knew that SSDD was like the name because what it reminded me felt like a group thing or something. When I was like when I was in like high school, I had a group of friends. We used to like scroll. I don't even remember what it was, but we scrolled something everywhere. Right? This is our crew. He doesn't want to give away his tag. No, I don't. I'll never. I'll take it to my grave. Uh Um, But this is that reminded me of that sort of thing. That's just something that you bring from your childhood. Uh, but now it makes so much sense because that shit was they had it carved into the table um, in the phone booth. He was like writing it when mm-hmm. con- D- Jonesy is constantly drawing uh, dream catchers and writing SSDD. An interesting thing about that book <clears throat> is um, so the story kind of goes that Stephen King was in a car crash. He was in a car accident and he rehabbed um, his writing ability by writing this book in cursive, right? Which is a pretty, I don't know if the actual print is in cursive or not. I couldn't verify if it wasn't, but it seems like Just it might original. be. Right. It seems like it, there might be, ver- you can get like, you can get prints of it that are in cursive that are based off of his actual, like his notebook that he wrote it in. Right. He hates this book. He doesn't hate it. He doesn't, ca- he doesn't care for it because he wrote the entirety of this <clears throat> book while rehabbing his accident on Oxycontin. Yes. So that's why it kind of feels like an opioid nightmare. <laughs> ah. Yeah, because he was on meth. Uh, or he was on opium. Well, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Oxycontin is, is an opioid. Is like, is, uh, yeah, I mean, but it's also not the first time he's written a book like high out of his goddamn mind. So. No, but this is a different high because like he very famously, like we talked about, we uh, needful thing is it feels like he just got a rehab and has some anger he needs to work out. This feels like he has a lot of like <clears throat> survivor remorse or something. What's it called? Survivor's guilt? That's a, I think that's when you survive and people die. Did someone die in the car? Well, I don't know, but maybe. Didn't he just get hit by a car? Like a car hit him? I, I don't think. That oh, he, oh, PTSD he sur- maybe. He had survivor's PTSD. remorse because <laughs> he didn't die. Yeah, he's like, I wish I died. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was an interest. Uh, Stephen, I think every one of these movies that is an adaptation is going to be. We're, I'm going to look up the Stephen King story behind it. It's going to have some thing. Because it seems like this guy has led a very literary life, you know, like like everything's super dramatic because he is a writer and he's able to spin it in such a way. I'd be, yeah. I'd be down to hang out with him maybe once. He, he went on to like the Atkins diet in the late 80s and he wrote Thinner. <laughs> he got AIDS and wrote Thinner. <laughs> I didn't want to say that joke, but okay, I'm glad you did. <laughs> It's, well, it's been long enough. We can make fun of. We can make jokes about AIDS. I'm pretty sure it's still around with me. It that... is. But it's been it's been 24 and a half years as of a decade ago, according to South Park. The Jared episode. I think like, yeah, last can... month proves that it's still not okay to trust Trey no. Parker and Matt Stone when we can't okay trust them. Joke. I can trust them less for comedy than I could bef- before uh, we did that a study of them. <clears throat> Uh, it was a tumultuous month of my birth. Oh, um, and then I, I, and then I got do... COVID, so maybe maybe yeah. there is a grand plan after all. There is some good. You think it's because of them you got COVID? I think there's still some pretty good moments in terms of dialogue in this movie that aren't super chunky and lame, but are still like clearly cinematic. Like they're there just to like cap a scene, but they mm-hmm. always work for me <laughs> every time. 
Um, the I hope I didn't come off as uh, negative towards this movie. The it it wasn't amazing. I'm not gonna lie, but it definitely was captivating. And it uh, I guess the thing that I liked the most is probably got us talking the most out of like recent um, movies. Yeah, um, I think that all the movies this month are going to leave us talking because uh, there's <laughs> so lots to talk about. There's so much more to talk about in a in a horror drama thing there is, than there is to talk about in a comedy. And going forward, I think I'm never going to... This was a comedy. There were com- there were definitely comedic elements. I don't. I wouldn't really call it a horror comedy, but there, the first like act of the movie was a lot was played as comedy. But I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna be like, let's do a Will Ferrell month. Mm-hmm. That sh- the ship. I pre- before the Trey Parker and Matt Stone month. I would have been like, let's do that. Let's do like mm-hmm. Anchorman, Step Brothers, and maybe throw in like Sherlock Holmes because it's so bad that there's lots to talk about. But the but comedies like that just don't work for this format unless you're gonna do all. That's your gimmick. I want to do more movies like this i want to do john carpenter and stephen king and weird weird movies i would never watch just that's what i'm talking about that's why hey I... did you see hey, this did one, you see this one? <laughs> mm-hmm. and even cannibal the musical was actually the best i think we got the most out of that of all the trey parker and matt that's because it was interesting to talk about how it was made whereas yeah. there wasn't really much else to talk about for the how and it was made aspect of the other movies and the, the story is more of a story we're like ironically enough than the other movies like the right. other movies were like a series of gags where that was like they wanted like there was a st- more of a story there than a series of gags um so there were a couple of other things i wanted to talk about which is just mostly like the dialogue which we still have, haven't really kind of focused in on but um and then also like again the the moments of like their power so like you know the the best moments were at the beginning when you're you're seeing their powers and like the only person whose power was sort of ambiguous was Jones's and you know that he could he knew that kid was cheating but he doesn't he doesn't really explain how and he doesn't explain it to anybody else but the one thing that like was focused in on that entire scene was his compassion for humanity and you see that again when he's a kid right when he's like this is wrong. And I'm going to tell everybody that this is wrong. When the kid that he's reprimanding for cheating the whole time, he's staring at this kid's shoes and these shoes are like falling apart. Right. And he's like, you're a scholarship student. Well, he's like, this kid's poor and he needs the scholarship. And if he doesn't have the scholarship, he's not going to get through school. So like he rips up his thing and says, write me an essay instead. And so like in that one moment, I, I kind of understood who his character was. And it's, it is interesting that his character is the one that ends up being the villain because it's now like this person who is the paragon of good out of the, this group of friends is the one that's turned essentially to evil and having to battle this evil inside of him. Um, whereas the other ones are mostly dealing with themselves and they already have this like baggage. He's the only one that seems to not really have it until he's hit by that car. And so my my question is like, did Duditz make him get hit by that car specifically to slow him down in the end where he has to like make his way slowly from point A to point B? Did he give him a, a bit of baggage that he has to deal with physically so that he can 
toughen himself up mentally to be able to deal with Mr. Gray when it goes into his mind at the end? Or is it to slow down the progression of what events are to come to prepare the rest of the world? There's like all these different questions. You just made me like this movie so much more. I like the first one you said, and also it sort of, the the events had to be pushed into motion some way too. As soon as he got hit by the car, I guess there's that year before they go on their annual trip, but like six months or whatever, yeah. They needed to be aware of <clears throat> the potential for something horrible to happen. What I don't like is how they just kind of ham fisted, jammed in the like, you're in quarantine now. It should be good. And like when the helicopter flies over, yeah, it like, felt quarantine. a little bit. Uh, I, I would have really liked a lot more forest slow burn yeah. where you're trying to figure out what's going on as an audience. Like more like more the mist. Like, Aliens like the, are here. Yeah. More like the opening bit of the mist where they're all kind of at each other's throats and they're all hunkered down in that uh, that grocery store and they're all just like trying to figure it out and <clears throat> nobody's trusting each other i guess yeah, it's hard and, to do where there's only when there's the cast is four people for most of the movie right but, and a lot but a lot of the the a lot of the stuff that is the most interesting in this movie is the the first you know half an hour where you know they're they're discussing these little things that i'm still thinking about being like you know we got answers to what's going on in the grander scheme of things but like we didn't really get full explanations to, to stuff like that. And I would have liked it to be a little bit slower. And maybe they didn't need as much like crazy Morgan Freeman like blowing people's like hands off and shit. Action. Oh, what yeah. if they just had him come at the very end, not have any of the, the his other stuff? That would then be it would have been really confusing. Really, <laughs> I, I kind of see what Kalen's saying, but I think that... Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, I would have liked it to have been far less focused on that other character the, uh, Morgan Freeman is the uh, foil, though. Owen, you know, you need, you need like, yeah, you, you need like your main bad guy, which is obviously Mr. Gray, but you need a foil in a movie that's sort of also working against your your hero. Well, and, but it could have been, it could have been that they didn't have both of those military characters. They could have had just one of them, or focus far less, because there are so many. But scenes... one of them becomes kind of good, though. Yes, I know that, but there are so many scenes where Morgan Freeman is alone or with another commander that has nothing to do with it like we don't need to see that much into his mind we know that he's a lot in this movie (laughs) like we saw him shoot that guy's hand off that's all you need you don't really need to keep having these moments with morgan freeman they could have just like get rid of him okay well then yeah i agree but what i'm saying is that you don't need both of those military guys you need one of them to be the foil yes but then the other one to get thomas jane out that guy could have died like immediately after getting thomas jane out and then it could have been thomas jane to the end right Mm-hmm. anyway i'm saying that there's things that like it could have it could have led to, to a little bit more um of thomas jane having to deal with things by himself which would add more tension and mm-hmm. it ended up being mostly humor stuff with those two right being like oh this is john wayne's yeah, gun, and the gun phone there. the yeah. gun phone is funny and i really like the gun phone but like the gun phone would have been funny either way if like that guy was there or he wasn't there, right? There's the added oh. humor of him being like, give my gun back afterwards. Like what yeah. are you doing? talking to my gun like a phone. Anyway, I, I think the most compelling bits of the movie were everything until you understood what was going on, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh, I now understand that these aliens are here. And that happens pretty quickly. Like it, it's like, it goes from, they stumble upon a straggler in the forest. Things get bad and weird, and then they get very bad and very weird very quickly. And then over the that next like one lady 15 got the minutes, cover. what? That one lady got the cover. That kind of pissed me off. The one lady got the cover. I don't know what you mean. 
the on the cover of this movie is that one lady oh yeah, yeah. oh that's okay but also there, that, are, there are other posters as well that poster though like i did see that poster come up a bunch and that that her her being on that cover and the orientation of the dream catcher and the way that it shows the forest made me think something else it still feels like you're going to be dealing with uh like <clears throat> first nations people putting a, a hex yeah that's the vibe I got from that particular, and that's like that's like the movie poster, you know. That's probably the thing that was in when you walk through the theater and you see the posters. It's probably what. That's probably why people. My memory of this is that people were thinking it was going to be one thing, and then in, like Stephen King it with aliens. Around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get grooving to the end here. I guess. Um, There's yeah, one yeah. thing I wanted to bring up um well i still uh, had some more dialogue stuff i wanted to talk about but we can just this 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 fits into the dialogue this fits into the dialogue um this movie had a real like tarantino uh kevin smith undertone where there was a lot of like movie referency stuff which i probably wasn't rodriguez probably that's the the name you're looking for probably what robert rodriguez is like kevin smith and quentin tarantino yeah okay okay fair enough um but uh there was a lot of like uh, that undertone of you're watching a movie where they're talking about other movies. And the biggest one was that scene where they're sitting around the table and he tells the story about how, like, you know, they never talk about the nitty gritty in, in movies. They, they yeah. always show like the nice part of things. And he tells the joke from that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the joke. It was basically, he talks about hey, his bad breath. Where's your cat? My, my mouth tastes like cat shit or whatever. Um, I like how Jason says I'm not going to do a joke and Kaylin immediately rolls into doing the joke. (laughs) (laughs) But the other thing that, the other one that I wanted to notice is Morgan Freeman basically looks at the camera and says, I'm too old for this shit. But he says it in like, I'm too old for this shit or whatever. Um, And I'm wondering, I'm pretty sure if I was to guess that wasn't in, that stuff isn't in the book. That might be a... Stephen King does that a lot in books, man. He he references, yeah. he, he makes pop culture references all the time in books. Nice. So I wouldn't be surprised if like, so the, the monster is called Ripley and then they're like, he's like, you know, like those alien movies. And it's like, they named it after the movie Aliens. And that it's like, I kind of like that. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty I like cool. it. I like it as well. Um, but it makes I, it more authentic. It's interesting. <laughs> Makes me feel like I'm that. in real life. Like aliens are real. <laughs> I just, I just like movies that but are. But we would do that though. Like we talk, you know what I mean? Like, and you're in a setting, yeah. you would, you would quote other things. Well, our whole podcast is like a conversation in a Kevin Smith movie where they're trying to, like in um, all, in uh, Clerks, where they're trying to figure out if, if when the thing turns into rock, is this cock rock, or is the Hulk's dick a giant green? Look how Hulk long dick. that was. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to bring that up about the dialogue. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I had that note as well that uh, there's lots of movie references. My favorite being the one that the name of the the red sh- shit is Ripley. I like that. That's kind of cool. Um, there is uh, a good moment. Like I was saying to Kaylin when you had walked away there for a second, there are lots of corny bits of dialogue, but they're very scene cappy where like it caps the scene perfectly and then cuts from last they, night they must have the, that's like the beginning of a scene <laughs> that's how it starts i know fair enough but i just i can't stop <laughs> you're like undermining the point i'm making by, by <laughs> okay. saying the same 
blowjob joke that you've said four <laughs> times already. Um, one needs a blowjob. <laughs> um, like there's one part where you know he's explaining to uh, Thomas Jane that he has been thinking a lot about Duddits lately, and then he they they have this back and forth conversation. He's like, "You believe me, right?" And he's like, instead of like him saying anything, he just says, "Well, yes, sir, I do." <laughs> like he like completely believes him 100 and then he asks him like what do you think it means and thomas jane as though you're ending ending chapter one of a book says mm. well maybe there's more to the story that we don't get yet and then it like cuts this and i'm like oh what a nice way to end a scene spooky i like it um and there's like a few other ones that are pretty funny like that remind me of people in real life that like you ask them a rhetorical question and they answer it with like a, an answer that you're like, what the fuck? Like when the I'm guy is, about. are you pointing <laughs> at me? Yeah. When the guy yeah. is like dying and then he, he's like, he's like, he's like, well, well uh, Henry will know about this. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's, he's not a, he's not an intestine major. I, I can't remember what he calls it, like an enterologist, I believe is what he says. And then he's like, well, he went to medical school, did you? And then Jonesy just like stares at him for a second. He's like, I thought about it. <laughs> and I'm like, I know I people about it. Who, would, yeah. who would answer the question like that. Uh, also ending the scene, very good. And then did you guys notice that like star wipes just started coming, like Star Wars Dude, style wipes? I was wipes? just getting to that note. Halfway <laughs> through the movie, once the aliens show up, they start it doing turns star, into star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Star wipes like to the left. I think yeah. it's just the one that goes this way. It's like the sideways right. ones. Yeah, there's but not too many crazy ones. but Star yeah. Wars, as you both know, you've seen the Star Wars movies, some of us more than others, but the one of the things that is almost jarring is every scene ends with a white, with a with a star wipe that is a flat. Calm down, not every scene. Pretty much every scene. It always goes to the next scene very like very quickly with a it's star because wipe. that's what they used to do in old tv it's and true. star wars is a like but star a, wars television inspired when it's in star wars it's very iconic looking you know you're yeah it's weird star in this movie, movie and it's weirder yeah. that it only starts happening halfway through the movie where you're like as yeah. soon as the alien stuff starts coming in lawrence caston's like and now we go into star wars mode <laughs> like maybe that, that was the reference that was the I, 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 think I, I wouldn't be surprised is. if that's exactly what he was doing like, we could listen. probably go back and watch this movie and find the star wipes to be points that are very like sci the, the most sci-fi moments of the movie probably uh, definitely we were watching the movie like a few months ago i watched this with uh my friend david and brian and uh my friend ryan and I, as that first Star Wars wipe, me and Naveed both went, whoa, Star Wars! <laughs> like we both just like screamed it at the top I of the I just got, I just went through, I was reading my notes, that's why I was looking away, and my next note was random Star Wars wipe uh, when they catch Thomas Jane. Yeah. Um, star wipes. We can call them star wipes, even though they're not star wipes, they're Star Wars wipes. No, a star wipe is the same thing, but it's an actual like the shape is a star instead of a no, I know, wipe. but I'm just gonna shorten Star Wars wipe. I love to it. Star wipe. <laughs> star Wars wipes are probably wipe. an actual product for like wiping your baby's butt or something, <laughs> you know, like a like Kylo Ren baby wipes or some shit. Ooh, that also, also to go back to talking about how they talk about how um <clears throat> uh, Morgan Freeman's lost his mind. Morgan Freeman's character himself says at one point, even I don't trust my judgment anymore. 
which yeah. is fucking another chef's kiss line like th- this dude well, is even crazy. In the first, he's as crazy as his eyebrows even yeah even in the first scene after he blows that guy's fingers off uh when the other guy walks back in he's like you think i'm crazy don't you and the other guy says a little bit <laughs> like he just doesn't say no no you're fine he's like yeah you're you're fucking nuts you're a little crazy bud yeah like, there's ones- no there's no point in the movie where the guy ever defends his own sanity like he's he knows that he's lost his mind one but of the ones that reminded me of me was uh, when Jason Lee's character is trying to remember, what's that actor's name? Reefer Sutherland or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Kiefer. Kiefer Sullivan. Uh, yeah. There, there are times when you watch movies like this where it's like groups of friends and you're like, which one would I be? Like you watch <laughs> it and you're trying to determine which one you are. I would be Jason Lee because my name is Jason and I'm a wisecracker. I, I think I'm yeah, a wisecracker. Yeah. I think that the implication for his, um, they never mentioned it and I was waiting for it, but I think the implication would be that he can't, he needs the uh, uh, toothpicks because he's an ex-smoker and that's why he needs them so bad. Yeah, it's like a stress thing. And that could have been a one, that could have been one line to make that a little bit more impactful that he dropped them. Because if you're when you're stressed out and you need to smoke and you're an alien's trying to climb up your butthole, um, I, but the it, thing is, is like I think that the implication is there to the point that I understood that without needing him to be like I yeah, really wish the fact I had that I thought of the fact yeah. that I thought of that and they're they're clearly like you know they're thirty years old, you know yeah any any ask any thirty year old if they've smoked in the past or if they're still a smoker and they're like dealing with it, yeah. alien's literally vaping right now. <laughs> Just this us bringing up that Kalen's like, hold on, let me get some tobacco in me, some wacky tobacco. Uh, I have to go to the washroom. I'll be right back. I'm so sorry. Okay. You stuff your stories in a sack. Me and Kalen I... sit here and just stare at each other. I mean, that's a that's like a good two minutes of good watching. Does this does this look like my screen froze? When you do when you don't move, yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this movie was trying to tell me something by having Duddits call him Mr. Gay and have the aliens be butt monsters. See, you guys were talking, I think you brought that up in the group chat and I was trying to, so it's funny too because several days, you watched this last week and I was sick, but I was looking at at the group chat and I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? Is, there, is this a comedy? See, what I thought, what I thought when you guys were talking about it like that, I thought that there was some gimmick where a dream catcher, they went to a, they went to a cabin. Because yeah. I read the synopsis on Google, but I didn't finish the synopsis. Yeah. I read, I just saw cabin. Before, before I, the show more part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw cabin. I saw you guys talking about and I was like, oh, do they go to this cabin and there's like a dream catcher that they have that's mystical and it keeps catching like weird monsters from the Aether realm. And I was like, that doesn't seem like, that seems more like a sophomore uh, attempt at doing a Stephen King thing. Um, but no, they're, the, it, it, you guys were just talking about the fact that the alien, it's born in your stomach. a speech impediment <clears throat> or whatever. It, it, uh, it, it incubates in your stomach and then it shits out of your ass. Yeah. And then no, it, was, it incubates in your throat, into your chest, down chest, to your stomach. It's like, right. I felt like it was like eating you on the way down. That yeah, right. and that's why you're fucking sweating and molding over. 
farting so much. And the, the hilarious <laughs> farts and burps. And it's like, <laughs> what a weird. And that's another one of those Stephen King unsettling. It was like a misdirect almost. Kind of, but it's it, it's another one of those Stephen King like makes you feel weird and you can't really put your finger on why. Yeah, but you also know something's wrong immediately, right? When it's like, it's like they're not going to throw something like that in unless that's the cause of something in a movie, especially. Yeah. You're like, he starts burping and farting, and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> something's wrong with this man. Um, trying to get the easy laughs, going for the cheap laugh. I don't think that that was meant to be. I don't think it was meant to be though, that. If, I, I remember watching that in the theaters when I was like a teenager, and I remember being pretty freaked out by it. I was like, oh my god, those burps are death burps, and those farts are murder farts. <laughs> this is going to end badly for everyone. Um, I th- so it, it also I wanted to say it does feel very two thousands in terms of the music. Like the music throughout the movie is very like it almost reminds me of like Resident Evil or like Silent Hill, just like the the synthy stuff mixed with the orchestral stuff. Um, yeah. But and on top you- of that, a lot of um, like the the view of somebody looking at a thing did you know this movie does that a lot where you just see somebody's reaction to a thing and they don't like cut to it to have you do the reaction until like Mm. it goes a little bit too long and then they show whatever they're reacting to and it's not that it's the you know it's i don't know how to put i don't know how to put this i'm rarely at a loss of how to explain something but this yeah this fits into my whole like he did Stephen King is able to do that thing with his writing and and when it's translated to film, make you feel uncomfortable in a way you can't really articulate. And the showing somebody react to something might have a little bit more impact in this context. Yeah, when they first bust into the bathroom, it, it holds on. And they're like... The two of them, and they look horrified, and you don't know what they're looking at. I was like, just even... show it. Just fucking show it, please. Just show it. And that's what I think that's the intention of the director. But Yeah. And it's also like, even when they start to show what they're looking at, they don't show it fully. They show like a f- like bit of it and they show like random kind of disjuncted images of the room. And it's and you're still not even sure what you're looking at. As I assume that would be what it's like to walk into like a murder scene. You'd mm-hmm. probably be like, <laughs> what are all of these <laughs> what, things that are assaulting yeah, my senses what's happening right now? right now? Why did he run away and then come back just to say, sit tight, buddy, and then go again to get the duct tape? Uh, it should be funny. It was a camaraderie. Funny, it could be a funny thing. Yeah, it that, was that. That was the comic relief. Well, he came back too with the tape. Like I got it. Like he was like yeah. psyched. He was like I did it. And then uh, his friend was horribly murdered. <laughs> also, <laughs> at that just... point, they didn't understand the danger they were in. Yeah, they yeah. they knew there was something in the toilet, but they didn't think it could get out. And we like... as viewers knew they were in a Jurassic Park situation. Yeah. Them as the shit happening to them, they thought that they had a weird problem with the toilet as far as they knew <laughs> they knew that guy was dead but they didn't know that what was in the toilet was going to be a toothy eel a super leech yeah super leeches and that's it not even a, alien, the leeches weren't even that scary as a thing but i think it, i think they're more menacing and more sinister when you know that they're like an appendage of this alien who looks anthropomorphic but then can turn into like a horrible monster itself when it's moving like that yeah. i want to know way more about these aliens and why they why they like they're like shapeshifters so the, the what i what i read that was um that the 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 weird leechy slithery thing is their actual form 
And the other one is what they take to try and make you feel more comfortable as a human being when you're looking at them. Cause you, they look, you, okay. you look, they look more like us. So they're a, a race, they're a race that go, that is like, goes from planet to planet, like uh, indoctrinating and taking over. Right. Or like, they, like, that's what they, they, when they look at us, that's what they see. They're like, they're approximating what a human looks like. So like the grays, like the aliens, the grays, like that's what these are supposed to be, I assume, which is why his name yeah, is they Mr. Looked Gray. Very, they looked very like great, like classic grays, like big yeah. eyes. Like Except big they're head. like 12 fucking feet tall or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like scary as hell. But uh, yeah, I, I just assume that like, that's the form they take when they're interacting with human beings to be, to try and make you feel a little bit more comfortable. Cause when they're waving and they're like, help us, help us. They're taking that form. And as soon as the helicopter fire comes they turn into like some tremor snake. Like, yeah. Um, is Bucko a rank? Bucko? Yeah. No, Bucko is just, you know. Hey, it Bucko. could be in that private army. Cause they had a bunch of weird ranks like that they were saying, like they didn't have like proper it wasn't like a proper ranking system because they were yeah. they're not military they're just a bunch of people that are following they're one better. crazy person pussies compared to them or whatever they said mm-hmm. yeah it's because they're allowed to like murder <laughs> children and shit for the betterment of the world but it's horrifying to think about that there would be like entities like that that exist that just come in that are separate from the government but they look like the government like if you were to walk up to them you would assume, assume, oh, I'm safe now because the government is here to save me. And then it's like, they're not going. There's just like some private organization that's like, go into this tent, you'll be fine. And like the way they're lying to them and stuff, the people being like, well, remember when he talks to Morgan Freeman and he's like, we'll get you on your way in a, a day or two or whatever. And yeah. It's like, he's clearly just lying to you. He's just going to burn <laughs> you alive. Oh, man. Uh, there's a lot of like weird moments like that like interpersonal conversations and stuff that like you don't really know what people are thinking and i i also was like is this purposeful like did they make it so that these four people always know what each other is thinking and what everybody else is thinking but when you're watching morgan freeman and the other guy talk to each other it's like you don't know what either of them are actually thinking and it's kind of difficult to, to pin down what they are until those other people around who can just like spell it out for us i like it um the secret office in his mind where he hides shit is the same room that they saw that picture in in the warehouse i don't know if you guys yeah. noticed that i did notice that yeah from the that was fun that was a fun touch that you probably wouldn't even know notice unless you watched it more than once i like the box that said jerk off memories or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and then like the ages and then like one was like one was like forbidden or whatever he also had a box that said like suicidal like triggers or whatever, yeah. like something to trigger a suicide. I'm like, oh my god! I think it was like I thought it was horrific injuries. Uh, yeah, no, it was sports uh, humiliations. It was sports humiliations. Yeah, that's what it was. And then it was like fine and like hard to deal with and like suicidal. Yeah, right. I mean, why not burn all those other ones? But I mean, again, and it's metaphorical, but like if I had the ability to go inside my memory warehouse and burn some of those memories that I have, I would do it immediately. I love the concept of the memory warehouse. And I think yeah. that it should be, you made a really good point earlier when you said that like, there's a lots of movies where you see somebody taken over and you sort of have the actor have to do what, what that actor does where Jones is like talking to himself and in another accent or another voice but to actually have a tangible 
representation of him going to another plane of consciousness and looking yeah. from inside like it's out, looking out a window it's a really cool it's a really yeah, cool way fun. to and it also that. like the set design of that warehouse yeah. was very cool it was very fun looking it reminded me of like harry potter or something almost you know like it has like this sort of fun design to it like this very over-the-top stylized spiral staircases library look to it but it also was like super industrial and like the floors are made of like iron rot and it was just like it was good all of it was very visually appealing to me i was like i like this memory warehouse and i'd like to have my own i would like possible. to go to my own memory yeah. warehouse in fact i'm going to start remembering my memories that <laughs> way um I hold on have... a second i'm accessing memories in my memory warehouse clink 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 <laughs> oops i kicked over a porn box oh god there's porn everywhere <laughs> there's porn everywhere that's the weird stuff too and I just did my pants. And you just in his um, pants. I wrote down uh, him having John Wayne's gun. Gun is fucking dumb, but I also think it's funny. You know it's what I so thought was dumb? What? In two thousand and three, smartphones didn't exist yet, but the technology definitely did. But I'll tell you where they weren't. They weren't in GPSs inside of a fucking gun as right. the tracker. Like they made like, that. What a maybe weird... like a tank. <laughs> <laughs> like a like, rocket launcher just do this dumb thing where you put a tracker on the car or like put a tracker in his pocket like why yeah. the gun what was that because like this is gonna blow some minds it's uh, it was gonna get rid of that gun yeah it's the, i think that was like the point was like it was like a very special thing to him and he yeah. knew that if okay. he gave it to him he would never just huck it to be i just thought in 2022 knowing that you could literally just hack somebody's phone to be like a jeep like to be a tracker Mm-hmm. have it inside of a gun was really funny visually to me right it's like why is your gun beeping i don't know i don't know that's weird it doesn't normally be but that. no caitlin's right it's definitely like it was meant to be like this is a thing this guy will never 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 throw away i could give him anything and he would probably find it suspicious but me giving him this gun for years of service he'll never get rid of it he'll cherish it to the day he freaking dies they like guns in the uh, army slash non-army. Also, if it's John Wayne's gun, I mean, even if someone gave me John Wayne's gun, I'd be like, wow, cool. Not I today, I'll, keep, I'll keep this thing, I suppose, until I'm, I'm desperate. It, I'm going to shoot it off into the sky. <laughs> the only impression I know is about a pilgrim. Yep. Let's take it. Let's take this home. <laughs> yeah. Wait. I got work in the morning. Uh yeah okay well i went through i went through all my notes i got through all my notes i think i brought up everything that i wanted to bring up um surprisingly oh the one thing that i wanted to bring up was like the the noise that when he puts his hood up and it's like (laughs) makes that crazy noise the second in command guy no fucking jones when mr gray puts the hood up and he's like becoming mr gray it makes like a very Uh, distinct sound effect and it's like a stock sound effect that you'll hear in like hundreds of video games and cartoons and shit like it's this very specific sound effect i know he's like walking around the front of the police car i think or right when he gets to the uh the it happens twice it happens actually i think it happens three times yeah yeah i know the sound you mean it's very uh, it's very specific and it's from video games yeah um yeah i uh i really liked all of jonesy's scenes with like getting a progressively better car 
his his little adventure that he goes on and he gets to the dog and the dog like he's like oh you're my dog and you're gonna do so good for me and then he just fucking impregnates like, come on doggy and he's being nice to the dog too like he's carrying it around he's like good doggy good dog <laughs> carrying my eggs my egg babies he should have just thrown the whole dog in the fucking reservoir which was i thought i what he was gonna do again you know Maybe there there had to be some sort of gestation to oxygen before water for it to work. We can just nitpick all day, but at the same time, there are so many things you can nitpick in this movie. I'm here to that's nitpick. That's not what I'm going to go for. Also, one thing I wanted to mention that we talked about at the top of the show about Stephen King's uh, like books and novellas versus being turned into things. With a book, you have to condense, and with a novella or a short story, you can ex- you can expand on. And I think that's why we for the last two episodes we're sitting here going what the fuck you know we feel like we're missing something and then when we did stand by me we were able to talk about how they expanded on a very clear idea that was probably how long is stand by me it's probably like essay length right or it's probably like 60 pages 100 pages yeah it's a short story inside of like a like a not even a huge novel like it's, it's like a it's like the four seasons thing right like yeah is that it's all in not one a, yeah book? it's a short story and so like i said like his his story his short stories are very easily translated christine i believe is a short story i watched that last night and like i almost felt like that movie was maybe a little bit too stretched out or they is maximum overdrive a short story as well i've never <laughs> i don't know i've never read it is that stephen king yeah we yeah it's like we've been making this to the next yeah (laughs) to the next level to the maximum level of overdrive which i do i would like to i would like to um watch maximum it's a book it's a 1986 american comedy horror film directed by stephen king whoa holy shit how many things has he directed not a lot because I don't oh, think he's uh, the yeah. greatest director. Because I, he, again, he's very good literary, but when it comes to like staging shots and stuff, he's not really the great. Like I think he had a lot of input on the Shining TV show, and that ended up feeling real like goosebumpsy. The <laughs> like new a goosebumps one, episode, the one that came out recently, or is there an old one? Uh, there's an old one. Oh no, I'm thinking of the sequel. I'm thinking of the sequel. Oh, Doctor Sleep. That movie was sick. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but like. Um, yeah, so he wrote the screenplay and he directed it, and it's based off Trucks by Stephen King. And Trucks is, if this fucking shit will load, I assume a short story. Uh, yeah, it's a short story. So it's based off Trucks, turned into a screenplay. All this, all of the processes Stephen King up to this point, then directed by him. So I think. Um, <clears throat> Maybe June Henson just turns into a second month of Stephen King. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, I mean sorry. there's lots. Also, spoilers. Next June is uh it's truncated because I got COVID, but it's June Henson. You got the Ripley. <laughs> I got the Ripley. A couple. All right. Um, I think I've gone through all of my notes. There are a couple that I skipped over. Um, I think that my favorite line in the movie is when uh Thomas Jane gets like a bunch of like random soldier show up out of nowhere and they all say like halt 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 and he's like on the ground with his hands up and they're just screaming halted at him he's like i'm pretty much halted as much yeah. as I can. <laughs> like i i can't halt anymore I can't halt any halted. <laughs> um but let's uh go into some final thoughts i suppose love it um 
let's start with Kaylin. Kaylin, final thoughts on the movie Dreamcatcher starring all your favorite childhood friends. <laughs> it's true. So true. All every, all of that and, and everything else. Um, I enjoyed it. I definitely was expecting something different. Which is just inappropriate of me to do in the first place. Um, it felt like it was trying to be a few different things. Which the, I don't know, like in the moment, like thinking back, like it's again, like getting to talk about all these different things was enjoyable. And also some of the points uh, some of the 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 different perspectives that you were mentioning about oh maybe this was like meant this or whatever kind of thing mm-hmm. um, made me like it a little bit more for sure. Um, it felt like it just took a, a huge left turn at, at, towards the end, um, but I did enjoy it. Um, there were some laughs. There were definitely some like tense moments or whatever uh i give it a a what do i give it i give it uh an exploding butt monster out of uh almost getting your dick bitten off by an exploding (laughs) butt monster perfect that's perfect that's exactly what i give it okay I don't know if it was ever fully he he didn't right he, Timothy Oliphant saved his his business. He well, looks down and goes, ah, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think he burnt it a little. Yeah, he had to like hump the logs. He definitely fucked that fire. Yeah. All right. Uh Jason, final thoughts on the movie Dreamcaster. Caster. Ooh, Dreamcaster. Dreamcast. I loved the Dreamcast when it came out in 1997. Blue it was a great Cactus. console. Um, you could play games like Power crystal or whatever on it and jet uh, set radio yeah and marvel versus capcom um i like this movie i liked talking about this movie with you guys i think this movie like i've said during the uh probably last week and the uh the john carpenter month this encapsulates the spirit of hey did you see this one in spades this is one of the best like hey did you see this one movies we've done because it because it's so on brand for my vision along with Kalen I keep he can probably agree um for what I always envisioned this podcast to be there's lots to talk about there's like sometimes you'll watch a movie um needful things not so much where you get bored I, I wanted to bring up Needful Things because for a second I thought maybe that's one of those, but no, that's a, I want to see what happens next. And this isn't necessarily I want to see what happens next, but the story, the composition of the story, it like it, even though it's wacky and it's sci-fi and it's action and it's horror and it's all these weird genres mixed together, it makes sense as a movie. Like it make like I I wish it was two thousand and three and this was brand new and I was my age that I am now and. I could go see this in theaters as a new concept. I wish that I had gotten into movies this way when theaters were still a thing that I went to all the time because 
I now want to go see weird movies in theaters. And, and I feel like I missed it on that opportunity, at least for another probably year or two before I f- truly feel comfortable going to see movies in theaters because of the pandemic. And <clears throat> this is, this has actually inspired me to watch more just like weird pseudo horror movies that are recommended to me. When somebody's like, hey, did you see this one? I'm going to be like, yeah, I have a podcast called that. Um, maybe I'll go watch it. But my point is, is I really enjoyed this thing. I think this was a good choice and I wish that I had watched it last week because if I had in my like COVID stupor that I was in, I probably would have rewatched it and gotten more out of it. Um, But I was incapacitated. I couldn't, you can still kind of hear it on my voice, but uh, solid three. I think you didn't think of solid three. It does have a lot of problems. It is kind of whack. It is kind of the dialogue at times is like, what the fuck? Why did what who somebody had to write this down on paper and then get <laughs> multiple people to read it and be like, yep, put that in a movie that goes in theaters. Um, also, it's a film because there's no real car chase and there's no explosion. <laughs> okay, I can forget remember. about your rules, my criteria, but that's good because films are better. There's, than movies. there's a snowmobile chase or whatever, there's kind of a car chase. Kinda. There's explosions. They blow up the spaceship. I mean, Jonesy crashes almost every vehicle known to mankind. In okay, world. let me back it up. Let me back it up. I forgot about the fucking the fact that Mark Morgan Freeman comes in guns and blazing and, and Tom Sizemore. Okay, never mind. I take it back. I forgot about all that. <laughs> it's, it's, a movie. Movie. <laughs> it's a movie. Not a film. Not a film. There's no mumblecore between Jason Lee and uh, a love interest, so it's definitely not a film. Which would have been the kind of movie that Jason Lee would have been in at the time. And he kind of dies before all the action starts. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It is a movie and it has some of the best movie moments ever, including a man playing a mumbly high school or uh, university professor versus a, (laughs) uh, an imperial commander from the star wars series i see i see hello there jones i see why you have a connection to this movie because you're gonna see when we watch uh stay tuned which i brought up last week you're gonna see why i have a weird like it's not a good movie but it's a weird fucking relic of my past that you guys are gonna be like oh okay i can you may or may not. This isn't one where I'm going to be like, you're definitely going to love it, like I did with Team America. Like you're definitely going to. I go wasn't back. even sure that I was going to love this movie. Like I brought this up because, like I said, a lot of the visual elements of this movie stuck with me for a long yeah. time to the point that when I was making the list for this month, I was like, Dreamcatcher is one that I remember seeing and I remember enjoying it in theaters, and I never really watched it again. And it like there's just these images that stuck in my brain for my whole life for some reason. What's the and, first image that pops? Um, the <laughs> weirdly enough, the end of the movie when uh, Duddits like turns into that weird sort of kangaroo-looking <laughs> other alien, mm-hmm. where like were they uh, not the same species or whatever? Like he just I didn't think like what they were doing or something, or I think they were supposed to be the same species. I'm pretty sure they were supposed to be the same species. Yeah. Like it, they didn't look t- that different, but I don't know. I just um, want to interject. Uh, this movie has a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 35% on Metacritic, um, but it has a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb. So, like, it's all over the place. It's really all over the place. Like, it's not high by any stretch, but it's uh, people. There are there has to be people that enjoy it for it to have. You know, what I mean, so I think it's a couple. I, I watched 81% this... liked this film of Google users. They six people could have voted, right? But 
that's, some, that's someone could have put a one and someone could have put a 100 you never know yeah um and the thing is is like and i watched this with a group of friends a couple of months ago um out, not out of preparation but it was in when i was kind of vetting my list of movies and i was like good, I, good. I don't this movie might be absolutely terrible but i remember liking it as like a 14 year old and so we watched it and he, throughout the movie we were ragging on it we were laughing and we were making fun of it and we were like oh my god rolling our eyes but by the end of the movie we all were like that was bad but it was like we all didn't there was not a, there was not a point where we were like let's turn this off like we all yeah. wanted to keep watching it i was so, watching it going this is objectively bad but i cannot and it's not even like a train wreck like a car crash situation it's that it's just it's palatable it's i like sci-fi i like horror i like dumb dialogue i like yeah. these actors that's like that's enough for me i'm not gonna sit here and be like like the equivalent i'm not gonna give it a four out of five you know i'm not gonna be like this movie fucking rules i'm gonna be like i'm gonna give people an apprehensive watch this if you're into this sort of thing and if you love stephen king definitely watch this movie because it feels like a stephen king thing yeah um when i posted this on instagram or like shared the post that we were doing this i got a couple of messages from people that i haven't spoken to in a long time (laughs) Oh, being yeah, like, yeah. why the why the fuck are you doing this movie and like you know i was like uh it's kind of the point of the show is like we're, we t- we sometimes pick movies that like not something that you would necessarily want to discuss and you you pick it specifically so that you can see if you can discuss discuss it and i think that we proved the point that like even movies that are not universally loved or even respected yeah. we can still find some stuff to talk about and movies you would expect to have a lot to talk about like my trey parker and matt stone experiment like there wasn't a lot to talk about after you got through a couple of the movies because it's just the kind of a broken record yeah um so i guess i'll i didn't really get to my final thoughts i did i did kind of wiggle some of them in there while we we're talking but um i think at the end of the day this movie is something that I won't recommend to you to watch by yourself really ever, but this is something that you can sit down with a group of friends and have some drinks or whatever. And you don't need to really worry about being completely silent throughout the movie because the movie overly broadcasts what's happening the entire time. (laughs) You're never really confused. Yeah. Uh, you might be confused about how their powers work, but luckily <laughs> there's like four different scenes where they go back to them as kids that explain how their powers work. So you're just like, yeah, it's fine. Um, the performances are all good. There's no bad performance in this movie that makes me, that pulls me out of it to be to the point that I'm like, oh, this person's acting, except for, I would argue the kids do feel very actory. Like all their dialogue is like, it's just as cheesy as the adults, but it's comes off, with like an extra layer of mustard on it. Cause you're like, Oh God, <laughs> these child actors are acting too hard at me. Um, and like I've said throughout, it's enjoyable. Like it's, it's enjoyable enough that it keeps your attention and it keeps you invested to the point that you kind of want to get to the end. Even if somebody already told you what happens at the end, you're like, but I want to see what's up with this dog. And like, does Jonesy defeat Mr. Gray in his own mind warehouse. Like, I want to know what's going on with all the little elements. And there are so many elements in it that are mixed up. Like all the crazy shit from the book is in the movie that you can you can at least attach to one of those things. Um, if you like the interaction between Morgan Freeman and his general, if you like the interaction between 
Mr. Gray and uh, Jones. If you like um, Thomas Jane's adventures through the woods, like there are so many little things that you can latch onto that you're probably going to like at least one of those threads. And they go back and forth between them with such rapid succession that as soon as you start to get bored of one scene, it goes back to one of the other characters and you're able to like, oh yeah, I'm back to the person that I care about at this point. So yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna recommend this movie to anybody that has no interest in this genre or any of these actors or even Stephen King. If you don't like any of those things, then stay the fuck out of here. This movie's not for you. But if you have any interest in any of those things, then you'll probably like it in some capacity. You might give it a three, you might give it a four, you might give it a five, but I am gonna give it a burning dream catcher on fire to erase all of Stephen King's appropriation of indigenous culture from all of his projects. I love it. Uh, 20 minutes, 38 seconds. Give it a mold, half a moldy dream catcher out of a please stop appropriating indigenous culture as a spooky ghost. Yeah, I think that he's he's tried to stop doing that, but his his works in Stephen King, or sorry, his works in Doctor Sleep, he kind of like rewent to the well, and he decided to like maybe dig a new well. He's like, oh, I don't want to go back to this well. I'm gonna I'll dig a, a different well next it's to a, this well. This this casino is over top of a white people burial ground, <laughs> a normal <laughs> burial ground. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm kidding. Um, So yeah, uh, I guess that brings us to the end of our second episode of uh, Stevens Stevens, which is the month in which we watch all Stephen King adaptations. Stevens King, Uh, like that TV show, even Stevens, but more Stevens and less Evens. Yeah. Um, I, hope, I hope you guys had at least a little bit of enjoyment out of this movie. I had more than I thought I was going to, considering it's been so long since I've seen it. But Well, I wish I got to watch it with a group of friends. Yeah, well, we should do a watch party one time. We can do it. Yeah, we, we have the sen- we have the setup, and yeah, like honestly, we could be watching, like, there's stuff that we could just be watching together on Twitch we're not going to get zapped for because nobody fucking cares like we could watch old for instance commercials for old commercial we could watch movie trailers and react to them like maybe maybe on tuesday night we do a tight hour of watch watch a couple trailers and talk about it uh we can broadcast that all the twitch you know like the the fact that we have this the zoom the twitch thing i'm going to get my own zoom account so soon we're not going to be tied to to steve's uh friend's account right yeah i, I had my already. incorrect name up for the majority of this episode um yeah. all right well i think that brings us to the end of the episode of Dreamcatcher. so i'm gonna end the instagram so let me just go ahead and look instagram directly in the eye and say for jason and for kaylin i'm steven for kaylin and for steven i'm jason and uh, for Jason and Steven, I'm Kellen. Hey, did y'all see this one? Hey, did oh. you see this one? Hey, did you see this one? Hey, did you see this one? Hey,